Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the show that brings you each week the best, the brightest, the strangest shows available to watch right at your home in a tumultuous sea. <laughs> <laughs> sure, real Hold on. Hold on. I got it. In a tumultuous sea. I had a tumultuous. Okay. <laughs> of streaming networks vying for your attention. We are your lighthouse, your beacons of broadcast, your curators of content. Oh, he did it. He Suck it, it, Steve. Patreon edition. Yes. <laughs> After hours. <laughs> so this is an episode uh, that you are hearing as a little bit of a special treat. We created a Patreon. You can subscribe at patreon.com slash streaming things at multiple tiers. But at the $5 tier and above, you'll get episodes like this in the future. This one is available for free. It is our gift to you mm-hmm. to let us know what you'll be missing. This is this episode falls under crack dealer rules. We give you a little taste and we mm-hmm. get you hooked. So you have to come back and pay us money. <laughs> On the streets, Stephen, <laughs> as you know, I am an ex-addict. It is known as a tester. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're sample. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free sample. Free that's, sample? What, that's what it's known at at super uh, superstores. Hey, fella, you want a free sample? <laughs> Grocery stores. It'll have this episode has a little toothpick in it, and it's given to you by an old lady, and it's been sitting out a while. A little crack rock. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, you'd be don't dr- swallow the toothpick. You know, oh. you'd be driving through uh, uh, lesser uh, lesser known parts of town, and if you. They'd looked out of place. The, the finest weed in the South Farley. They would. They would. But even better than that, there were times where it would just like hit you in the forehead if your window was down. And then they would shout a phone number at you. And I developed skills like Liam Neeson and Taken. And I, where I could remember the phone number upon one hearing at a distance while driving. Because if it was good shit, you wanted that number. Mm-hmm. Right. So it would just a pack of dope would hit you in the head and fall on your lap. And you'd be like, God, five, one, three, three, eight, five. Oh my God. Okay. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> there were times if you had a car and a little bit of gas where that would be a good day, you know, you mm-hmm. just drive around waiting for testers and that would be a, I don't know why I just went, mm-hmm. like I know exactly. Yeah, you're like, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Just anyway, any that, given Sunday, all of that is to say this episode is your tester and the phone number is patreon.com slash streaming things. <laughs> and if it's good shit, <laughs> you know where to go to get more. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of this in the future. Today's episode, we have rewatched Fellowship of the Ring. Extended edition. Ooh, and extended. I extended the pause between those. Because you forgot to say Lord <laughs> of the Rings first. <laughs> just like, no. <laughs> it was just like the movie. Why'd you throw your pen at Andy? <laughs> because I need, him, I need him to know what's up. Uh, so we're going to be breaking down old school style Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's late. It if, took forever to watch the extended edition. Super long day. <laughs> if anyone's new, what, uh, what do we mean by old school edition? If, well, fuck them. They can figure it out. What are they doing on yeah, this episode? You. <laughs> Wait, what do they mean by fuck what? You, we got your money. No. <laughs> what do they mean by what? By old school edition. Like how? How? Ah, we haven't so done one like this in a while. Back in the day, around 2016 or so, before the world ended, we uh, were birthed upon the world in the ectoplasmic goo of Stranger Things. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. 
<laughs> I like where this is going. So what we would do is we would watch each episode of Stranger Things together and then hop straight on the microphones and talk about it ad nauseum. We would break it down scene by scene, having been so fresh in our memories. And I'm going to talk like this throughout the entire episode simply because we have just watched Lord of the Rings. And one does not simply get rid of that cadence. No. Immediately. No. It takes hours. What say you, Andy? What say you? <laughs> what say you? So that's what we got on store. No need to do a spoiler-free discussion. If you're listening to this episode, we assume that you saw Lord of the Rings before. And we're doing this also because it is a very special time in Lord of the Rings history. The first movie, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, was released on December 19th, 2001. So we're almost approaching that 20-year anniversary. Basic, we can basically call it the 20-year anniversary. Yeah. And so we're celebrating this Landmark so film. Old. Doesn't, doesn't that make that you crazy? feel old? God damn. <laughs> you want to feel old? <laughs> Kick. So let's jump right in. No need for a spoiler-filled discussion, but we will do a brief overall thoughts. Uh, Andy, what are your overall thoughts on Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring? Extended edition. Well, extended edition is the only way to watch it, for sure. Like Some of my favorite bits are in the extended version, like when we get the uh, when the journey first starts with Sam and Frodo and we get the little wood elf scene and Sam's all like, I don't know why it makes me sad. For some reason, I love the shit out of that scene. But anyway, so uh, Lord of the Rings, I've seen it a hundred million times and I was sitting there quoting the movie the whole time and getting flashbacks. Oh, yeah. I spent I made a chainmail shirt many, many years ago, like full on chainmail shirt. And I just rewatched Lord of the Rings over and over and over and over again while I made the shirt for something like 150 hours. All 150 hours were spent watching Lord of the Rings. So you got through Lord of the Rings like five times? While while I made that shirt. Uh, Which is to say that I fucks heavy with Lord of the Rings. And uh, it was good to be back. It felt like coming home. But overall thoughts, uh, this is my favorite in the whole series. Uh, It shits all over Two Towers and Return of the King. So this is okay. one one of my favorite movies of all time, um, and you said that so confidently, but it's actually a, quite a controversial opinion. I oh, think. I know, but that's just how I feel. That's how I've always felt. I think he's that a confident man. The, mm-hmm. uh, it's true. The uh, especially the Hobbiton sequence at the beginning, like it, some people might say that it's a little slow because it takes a pretty fucking long time to get to plot point one for to get anywhere in the movie, uh, but. Those parts are my are my favorite, and so I'm just sitting there having a giddy old time. Like the little kids love the fireworks, and so do I. <laughs> um, you love that guy who's like really going to town, picking that earwax mm-hmm, out of his ear and mm-hmm. like sniffing it and just flicking it. Keeps keep flicking around, looking around, all dumb. Um, yeah, the, this I love this movie so much, so much. It's a darn good flick, Steve. What are, what are your overall thoughts? Uh, you know, uh, I I love I love this movie. It's it's really, really great. This is a perfect example of like, even though it has a really long runtime, uh, I feel like a lot of modern movies nowadays like fucking just barrel through things where if they just kind of sit and let moments breathe, they'd have a lot greater of an impact. And 
you know, all, all three Lord of the Rings movies, some people might say to its detriment, but I'd say it's one of the better things about it is like, they really kind of like stick with moments. And I feel like if they're trying to hit an emotional beat, they fucking hit it. And it lands really, really hard every time. And it's like the smallest things from like Frodo, like dramatically looking at the camera as the camera pushes in on him. And he's got one single tear rolling down his face. It's oh, so good. With the, with the music. Somebody was littering in the Shire. <laughs> uh, I, I love this movie for that and then another reason why I love these movies in particular so much is you know we talk about it's a 20 year anniversary coming up you know the people for people our age and, and maybe even older than us uh, you know it, you can't really describe just how important these yearly close to Christmas time theatrical releases of these films were there was like three mm. solid years where like that was the premier event to go to yeah. is you go to the midnight release or the or the weekend release of the lord of the rings movies and you just kind of experience that with people and, and way you, more so than like the avengers and stuff you know what I mean? oh, there, there was 100%. no reserve your tickets online you went and stood in line yeah. to get a good seat yeah for and a long time i remember seeing fellowship of the ring i didn't know it was based off books when the movie came out i did not know there were a book series called lord of the rings i just it was not in my world uh, I went and saw it with my my mother and my stepdad at the time. Because uh, 2001, I would have been like 14. Yeah. And so, like, we went and saw the movie together. I remember my mom, like, not wanting to go see it. She's like, it's about wizards? Okay. And my stepdad really wanted to see it because I think he was aware of the book series, but, like, I wasn't. And I remember we watched the movie and I just loved it. It was so good the whole time through. And even my mom, who the whole time was complaining about having to see this movie about wizards, she loved it and she was excited to go to the movies for the next couple years. And I'll never forget when the movie ended, a man in the back stood up and said, well, I didn't even destroy the ring. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> completely unaware there'd be two more movies but i was unaware as well so i was you know when i found out like that's not it there's two more hell yeah oh golly gee <laughs> oh gee willikers i'm gonna go get a sword in practice for next year <laughs> i did um, that <laughs> but yeah I, this movie's so good the cast is amazing and it, it, it's really a a seminal work of you know um theater going experiences but also cinematic history I think a hundred years from now, people will be watching Lord of the Rings, the original trilogy, you know, because it's just that the extended landmark. Of yeah, of course. The extended editions. Are there any other editions? Duh. To be fair, if someone sat me down and watched the theatrical cuts of any of these movies, I would feel like I was watching the wrong movie because mm -hmm. yeah. I've only watched the extended editions for the past 20 years, basically. I was asking Chris earlier and he didn't remember. Do you remember in the extended editions when they released them, the little booklet that came with it where you could order merch? I do not. Yeah, I do remember that. It was so bad. Wait, no, was I like do. Five hundred dollars chest. They were very yeah. expensive. Like really badass sword replicas and yeah. stuff. I miss those days. Oh yeah, I was I, very. I poor. think I still have those. Still, I wanted Arwen's nice. sword, and I still do. I don't know how she had the. It's cool probably sword. within my financial means now to own Arwen's you need sword. To do it. This fucking. She's got a dope. Hat. What kind of sword? What do you call those swords? Like sabers or something? I don't know. That's that that hooked. Like it's got like a curve to it. it. There's a curve to it, but it's not quite a scimitar or. Uh, a saber really but it is one there's only one sharp side so it might be technically like a saber yeah or katana um speaking mm. about wanting something chris mm. i want to hear what your thoughts about this movie were i thought it was shit 
Uh, I thought it was going to hold up and it, no, that's, of course so poorly, right? I'm being, that's a hot take and uh, I'm not serious. I love this movie as well. I mean, we don't have a whole lot of, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so like, it's so late. My vocal cords are relaxing. We ate so much Indian food. I feel like so much Indian this food. is like the exclusive premium. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like adjusting the lug nuts on the microphone when Andy's <laughs> talking and shit, which is weird. I always do that. And it never makes that atrocious noise. So I blame I think Steve. It's Cause yeah, I, th- I don't think I screwed the mic in <laughs> enough. It's a little loose. Goosey I'm so there. sorry. But anyway, my thoughts are um, this movie really holds up. No, um, I was thinking a lot about like with the lens of having not seen it in maybe a decade, uh, because like Andy, we grew up together. You know, we've talked a lot of times on this show about how you much haven't seen Fellowship in a decade. I don't think I've seen any of them. In really? A decade. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're I, I'm tr- I'm pausing because I'm trying to make sure that that is a truth. But they I, yeah. dropped on Netflix like maybe a year and a half ago. Didn't watch two them. years ago or something. Okay. Didn't watch them. Um, and it was funny because I was quoting the lines too, but that was all coming back to me like a song that you haven't heard in a decade. And all of a sudden right before the chorus, you start, Oh my, I feel it. You know, (laughs) that's how it was. Every time Gandalf was about to speak, I was like, I feel it. Uh, Here comes the chorus. Yeah. Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. Uh, But it's so impressive looking back, you know, this was 20 years ago and I'm watching this movie. And of course there's a lot of times where I can see the green screen or I can see the, the, the force perspective and those kinds of tricks. Positing. Um, But for the most part, it's still really impressive. CGI, yeah. uh, really impressive uh, effects and such a monumental achievement for its time. I don't remember. I, why did they let Peter Jackson do this? I mean, I don't know. This was, a, he was like a B horror director yeah. at this point. This was a script that was on the shelves for decades and nobody could think of a feasible way to do it. That would make any financial sense. To my knowledge, the only thing that existed in the way of an adaptation was the the Hobbit cartoon movie. There's a Lord of the Rings cartoon movie, too. Sure. Um, which was somewhat of cult classic status. Um, but when it came out, I um, had already read the books. My dad, I've talked about many times, my dad was a huge fantasy book nerd, and he handed that down to me. And so I read the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Um, and so I was super excited for this. And I, it's there's a lot of references in this film to The Hobbit. Um, that you don't really get unless you had read the books and almost everybody gets them now. But at the time it felt special. Like mm-hmm. when you see the the stone trolls uh, or when Bilbo pulls out sting, you know, in the Hobbit, you find him, you know, he discovers right. sting. There's a scene where he's like, I wanted to go to Lake town and see the misty mountain. Yeah. And one he more time. recants everything or um, even the fact that uh, Gandalf has a sword. That sword's name is Glamdring. And he actually finds that in like a troll's cave in the Hobbit. And so, I don't know. It's just like, it's just these little touches that were really special to me as a kid. Um, and it was actually sad because I, I felt much more akin to Bilbo because I'd read the Hobbit multiple times. And uh, it was just weird having it be dumbass Frodo's story, you know? <laughs> uh, but now it's weird to think that way because I'm like, fuck Bilbo, you know? <laughs> you didn't have to go through real trauma. Um, anyway, this is a, a, a fabulous movie, monumental. It was nominated, I believe, for 12 Oscars and won four. Um, That's some shit. It won for best visual effects, of course, best original score, of course, best cinematography, of course, mm-hmm. and best makeup and hairstyling okay. and then all the, the the actors were nominated but i'm sure you guys remember i used to watch the oscars religiously and i'm sure you did too um when these movies were coming out from 2001 to 2004 it was like a complete 
absolute sweep of the award ceremonies every single year yeah. because they came out every December. Mm-hmm. And Especially it was just like Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. And it was just like the nonstop, <laughs> at least nominated for everything. Yeah. Doesn't and, Return of the King still hold like the record for most wins? I think so. Movie? I think that that's night the only one that won best picture of the three, right? Yeah. Yes, I believe yeah. so. And uh, that was just like a kind of okay. capped off the yeah. 10 hour movie. Here you go. This was mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just a part of our culture. That's why we wanted to talk about it today. I'm sure you guys can all get a kick out of this, and you've watched it a ton of times. Um, it's it's mythic. It's legendary. Most people, even like casual movie nerds, have watched like the extended editions and behind the scenes, and they know all the myths and legends behind the you know the the filming of it. And that's impressive for something you know. And not a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people do, but not everyone really has the willingness to sit and watch them build like a model for a set, you know, but yeah. everybody's pretty fascinated by Lord of the Rings. So we're excited to talk about it. Let's dive right in. Okay. It faded in and already I'm like, I'm fucking in. Kate, I hear Kate Blanchett's voice. The world has changed. We start with a prologue voiced by Galadriel. Um, and I feel it in the water. <laughs> yeah. Already I had a little Frodo tear in my eye. And that was such an interesting choice because they really, I mean, on a three hour movie and you decide to put like a 12 minute prologue to open a film. Um, it's voiced by a character that isn't introduced until like two two hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really like built for somebody with just a complete love of the world and like the, the confidence that you're going to watch this multiple times and pick everything out or else why put so much effort into all that detail. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's one of my favorite, (laughs) that's one of my favorite sequences is that prologue because some of the most badass shit is in there. And that whole story of, uh, the the first and second age, all of that stuff is some of the most interesting. Mm-hmm. You can see Elrond in action and Isildrill and all that stuff. Um, and also, like I think, so much of that scene works because of Kate Blanchett's voice performance. Um, there's something about the cadence of her voice is, you know, obviously she's otherworldly. She, you know, she's elvish and she's got this mystique to her voice. But also, there's like a a deep, there's like a sadness and a nostalgia to her voice that is very palpable. Mm-hmm. And even as like a young fourteen year old kid, when I first watched this movie, I remember feeling that like, oh wow, this is this is important stuff. I have the weirdest boner right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like she's able to impart somehow in her voice that she's been alive for six thousand years. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was reading somewhere that originally the uh, original edit was supposed to be Frodo delivering the. Oh, that would have been a bad choice. And oh, then they were like, terrible. oh, that's a bad choice. Let's switch it to Gandalf. And then they were really. And, then, and so there's a recording of um, Ian McKellen. I reading feel it. it in the air. But I, I guess, <laughs> but I guess the, the thought process was like, you know, Galadriel would, would have been alive during these events. So it kind of would make sense to have a character yeah. depict these, these events through her eyes. Cause she would have technically been there. What if it was Hugo weaving? That, that, that would have been sense. better than 45 minutes in the movie, him just popping up. Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm in this movie too. <laughs> but he wasn't. You guys said that when we were watching it, but he's in the prologue. Yeah. He's one of the first characters Wait, you see. We'll get to it. We'll get to that part. But that went, that part where he, they kind of like composite his head <laughs> so over weird. a map or something. And he's just like talking. It's not a map. It's like the clouds because Frodo's like yeah. waking up. It's such a weird like, I'm also in this movie. Remember me. It's very I don't, it's a funny edit. I don't know if it's because of my love of this film or because of like the, I almost want to say time period, but the nature of it, fantastically speaking, <laughs> but it's one of the most quotable movies of all time. Am I right? I oh, mean, hundred percent. There's just so many, I, I, I wanted to write them down. Cause we were I was like, there's no point quoting that. Like literally, I don't, I don't think we went a full minute 
without quoting whoever was going to talk before they actually delivered without the line. some kind of happy memory of a line that was yeah. about to drop. One of the first ones is one of the early, or one of the best ones is one of the earliest ones. So we get this after the prologue. It opens in the Shire, like Andy was talking about. And you get to see all these happy little folk going about their day. And then oh, where Bilbo's working on his, his novel, which is, if anyone's a writer, you know that's never going to be done. <laughs> Especially like, if he's writing in that, like, beautiful calligraphy. He's like, let me make every know, A look like R. Later, we get to see a draft, and he's got all these intricate map drawings and shit. I'm like, dude, that's... If you mess that up, <laughs> it's going to be awkward. I really wanted, when he showed that book uh, to Frodo and you see all the drawings, I really want him to point like, oh, you know, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> I did this too. Yeah, isn't that badass? <laughs> you didn't know that your Uncle Bilbo was a baller <laughs> with the pen. <laughs> but then we cut to Frodo sitting on the little tree doing Frodo things. And then finally, the horse and, and carriage gets drawn up. So what was the quote of A wizard oh, is never late, Frodo Baggins, nor is he early. He arrives right. precisely what he means to. I mean, said that shit all the time. Mm -hmm. I think every kid in the early aughts said that to a teacher at some point or another. <laughs> <laughs> to their to their chagrin. I know, I know precisely what he means to sit down. Sit the back, nerd. <laughs> uh, but you know the detail i was just taking it all in uh, you know and that's with the, the first force perspective we get to you get to see in the uh, behind the scenes footage that in the cart that they're riding Gan gandalf and uh, frodo were actually seated like frodo's like seven feet behind him on this bizarre long cart to force the perspective of him looking like an itty bitty person mm -hmm. next to him and i've seen in the behind the scenes like a lot of the times they have like children uh in like a shot where you only see the back of their head. It's a child that is playing the Hobbit. Right. Um, and you can really tell when they do that. But it's so cool when we get to see the force perspective. There's so many neat camera tricks that they do. And they they just they dealt with it incredibly. Uh, when we get to shortly after this, when uh, um, Gandalf goes to visit Bilbo, they like shot the same sequence twice, but in two uh, bag ends, one huge one for um, um Bilbo to run around in and make him look tiny and then one small one for Gandalf to yeah. look like a monster and then composite them on top of each other. It's so <laughs> badass. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And they, I mean, the, the, the detail and care with which they took in creating just the Shire even in the beginning, it's so incredible. Um, like if you're, when it, the camera's journeying around Bilbo's little hobbit hole, that sounded Whoa. more sexual than I intended. And to the pitch of Cassatoon. <laughs> <laughs> you get all these just tiny little knickknacks and trinkets and all the like the filigree and the door. And it's just really impressive. And I can see why they were just a juggernaut of set design and costume design throughout mm -hmm. the run of these films. Um, it's it's really, really impressive. Uh, and then Bilbo's awesome. We get all kinds of cool lines from him, like not just another blockheaded brace girdle from hard bottom, you know, all that stuff. The, the little hobbits and their, their uh, what's the word, politics is, is the, quite funny. That's the hobbit version of calling someone a hussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, a brace girdle is the last, the, uh, the surname of another hobbit family there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, he just hates those damn brace girdles. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the whole, uh, the, the politics of hobbits are funny because they like to be left alone. Anybody that does anything unusual is just a hussy, just a complete yeah. scallion. Disturber of the peace. Yeah, man. And Bilbo is famous for having 60 years earlier journeyed out with that damn wizard and brought potential trouble upon Hobbiton, which he in fact did, um, Hobbiton. So it's just neat to all the tooks and the, the was it the Brandywines? 
Brandy Bucks. Brandy, Brandy, Bucks, Brandy Bucks. Tooks. Proud Feet. Proud, yeah, no. Proud, Proud Foot. foot. Proud Feet. <laughs> Proud Feet. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember it. Anyway. It's it's a fun little sequence. I mean, you just really get to see all the the different hobbits as kind of living living the life of of, of leisure almost. You and, know, and the it's, weird little cow thing that they're milking it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like what is that thing? It's so <laughs> weird looking. Just doing hobbit things. Oh, the like ox cow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's ox milk. I mean, we milk oats and almonds now, so this is not that strange. <laughs> the little oat tea. It's, it's a cow bit. But this whole scene is for uh, Bilbo Baggins' 111st birthday. 111th birthday. It's my 111th birthday. He's so fucking trash. He's so drunk. And he's like, have you been in the gaffer's homemade stuff? No. No. Well, well yes. yes but it's my 111th birthday. The ring uh, gives him the ability to just really Sober go to up. town. Yeah. <laughs> He can just drink a lot, uh, but he gives his famous speech, and that's another. So I don't know if I've, I think Andy and I may have told this. Do you remember our uh, valedictorian? Yeah. yeah, our valedictorian. So our valedictorian speech at our uh, high school graduating class. He gets up and looks around the crowd, and he says, "I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, but I like <laughs> less than half of you half as well as you deserve." Uh, and we're just like, "Yes, we lit up." You know, yeah. we, that, that came out when what we were in fourth grade or something this movie came out uh 14 i don't know what grade are you in for that has to be middle school right 14 Somewhere. that's like eighth grade okay yeah. yeah so we had we'd been quite a while right yeah. six years of school with these films and it was just the, a good cap it was the perfect speech mm-hmm. a nerdy bastard uh <laughs> that was before nerds were cool you brave son of a bitch um anyway a lot of a lot of, lot of deaf ears in that crowd i bet <laughs> So he puts on the ring uh, as some showmanship disappears in front of all the other hobbits. And there's this kind of comedic thing watching it back where nobody decides to look at Bilbo's house for Bilbo. No, (laughs) he just goes home and Gandalf's already there. And he's like, ah, fucking fooled them. They're all out running around, freaking out. And even Frodo doesn't show up for like 12 minutes. And, you know, it's a small little town. The Shire can't be huge. Yeah. Just by virtue of the size of their legs. Itty bitty. (laughs) The way Frodo bursts into their house is like, Uncle Bilbo. <laughs> yeah. I literally looked everywhere else other than your home. <laughs> I looked all through the Brace Girdle's house. A minute ago, like 20 minutes ago, you were shit faced talking about your birthday. And then you fucking disappear. <laughs> so uh, all this time, Gandalf has never suspected about the origins of this ring. And. Because All of, of a sudden, the love of, his love of the halflings leaves. <laughs> yes, that's true. Old Toby, <laughs> finest weed in the South Father. <laughs> so I that I never put that that together when I was a kid. Are they just getting high all the time? Is yeah, that, that's all hobbits do is get dude, drunk yeah. and high. They love growing things and eating food and going to Pound Town. I presume they're just hippies. That's pretty sweet. But everybody's chasing that uh, that uh, Rosie. The, the, was it Rosie? Rosie yeah. the bartender. Yeah. The tavern wench. Oh, it's the bartender's way nicer. <laughs> Don't sweet worry, maiden of the golden ale. <laughs> Don't worry. Rosie knows an idiot when she sees one. Yes. Does she? (laughs) (laughs) Sam's really worried about that. He's going on a long journey, too. She's definitely going to be married when he gets back. So, and yes, they're very high. But we used to laugh about that as kids. Even when we were 14, harnessed weed in the South Fawn. And we knew what weed was. That's hilarious. Old Toby. So, any hoozle, Bilbo is supposed to, it's a a plan. 
between Gandalf and Bilbo that he's going to head off and finish out his days quietly finishing his book after one more slight adventure with without as many dragons. And Bilbo's supposed to leave the ring behind, but he doesn't want to, right? And so he's like, why shouldn't I keep it? It's my precious. Ooh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> why shouldn't I keep it? <laughs> All right, Eric Cartman. <laughs> you can't have the ring, Kyle. <laughs> can, you do, Kyle? <laughs> can you do the rest of the recap like that? No, because that would... air going come down. <laughs> <laughs> That wouldn't be historically accurate, Steve. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> but then... I want it so bad. He gets all petulant and yells at Gandalf. And you don't fucking yell at Gandalf the Grey. What Gandalf he, the Grey acts all nice. He's always setting off fireworks. Goes, you want it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you want it for yourself. Miserable Baggins. That's angry Gandalf. He does the, uh, what's what's the crazy language that he speaks? Is it the Mordor language? Like, boom, 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 He only does that once. And Rivendell of all places. Oh, he says, yeah, the, the Rivendell <laughs> one where he's like, boom, Why does he do that? <laughs> he like makes all these clouds come. We'll, we'll get there later. Anyway, I'm not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you. And then Bill was like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to freak out. And he gives him a nice little hobbit hug, and he's like, you're right. But I love, it's so well done that they thought to do this. He's like, Bilbo, still got the ring, you little sneaky fuck. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you got me. But when he drops it, you can, oh, yeah. the weight that they gave it, it doesn't roll like a ring would, it just plonks. They, they the, use a magnet during the The sound time. design, too, has this, it, you can tell like how heavy and unnatural this thing is, because yeah. it's just like, clunk, like on the ground. Oh, so good. Yep. It's like Mjolnir. And I love how much ring they, form. they built it up, and this is one of my favorite little touches of this movie, is that when Frodo finally a half hour after Bilbo disappears has the thought, oh, I should probably go look at his house, he just nonchalantly walks in and picks the ring up. That's so great. And like it's out of focus in the background while Gandalf yeah. is sitting there like thinking and stuff, and it's just... Because Gandalf goes to pick it up. Yeah, and, and he, he can't touch he, it without the, the eye of Mordor. Yeah, he has the vision or whatever, but I just love the nonchalance of it. He's like, yeah, it's fucking ring. Oh, it's Bilbo's ring. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Anyway, where is that son I won't of a regret bitch? this in a week. <laughs> <laughs> so Gandalf takes off, now inspired by the vision and the weirdness of being able to, you know, how, how Bilbo acted like Smeagol and how... Uh, he called it his precious. Yeah, he called it his precious and he wasn't able to touch it. He's like, oh shit, this kind of reminds me of something really important I'm supposed to know is like the smartest man on earth. So he takes off with no warning. This drives me crazy every time I rewatch this. He doesn't warn Frodo at all. He just travels to Gondor. He's like, keep it secret, keep it safe. But he doesn't say, don't put it on. Ancient evils might come and kill you and your whole family and your whole city and the world. He's just like, I'm going to seal it with wax. Keep it secret, keep it safe. And Frodo's like, all right. Yeah, and then uh, Gandalf shows up. What if he up. came back and Frodo was smoking mad crack? And like, I'm not talking old Toby. I'm talking Garth. He's just <laughs> chiefing it. And he's like, where's the ring, Frodo? And he's like, oh. I'm on it. Look at the size of this rock I got for it. Pippin had a guy and he knew someone who could give me some good stuff. <laughs> what have you done? But look, like, it's almost even worse because, you know, Gandalf goes off and he, he goes to the library and reads some tomes. 
and tomes. Um, <laughs> you know, those, that shit wasn't books it was tomes and then he comes back and he like breaks into Frodo's house <laughs> and hides in the dark the he turns off all the fucking lights <laughs> he looks like he hasn't showered in days his hair is disheveled and then he sneaks up on the poor guy from behind grabs him on the shoulders <laughs> like how Frodo didn't just die right then and there of a fucking heart attack. I don't because imagine you're in your Andy, you come home and all the lights are off, the door was open, so you're like, I just want to break into my house, and then Chris grabs you from the shadows and goes like <laughs> You guys wouldn't be friends anymore. I would shit my pants. Especially if I was a nine foot tall old man with a giant beard. <laughs> compared to Frodo. Three times taller. You're 18 feet tall. Combusted in. Jesus. Like, he should have definitely been sitting on the porch with some old Toby. Okay, hey, Frodo, like, we might uh, have a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That would have been the Coen Brothers version. And then he just snags the envelope and throws it in the fire. Frodo's like, hey, <laughs> what the fuck? That's my uncle's ring. Yeah, so he read in one of those old tomes that it should have some markings on it. Uh, what's the 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 language of the tome? Um, a secret that only fire can tell. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but that's that's really well done too, because Frodo he's like, touch it. It's quite cool, even though he hasn't confirmed he that. Touch it. Yeah. <laughs> it could be quite hot. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, and it is quite cool. Luckily, he's like, can you see anything? And he doesn't even want to see the truth of it. He turns away, and Frodo's like, no, nah, it's all good. And he's like, oh, thank goodness. Also, one of the wait. coolest directions there is when he says, he says, wait, and like the music change and like the look to the side of Gandalf. It's yeah. Like, Gandalf oh, almost shit. looks right into the camera. Oh, I know. Like, His was, one eye does. He's a little cross-eyed. So it's like, <laughs> the left one's looking at the camera. The right one's slightly off. I feel like the obvious way to shoot that is to cut to Frodo and the markings being revealed when he says, wait, mm-hmm. and then cut to Gandalf, you know, or and then show, like basically shoot it opposite. And then Gandalf turns. But they stayed on Gandalf. Um, and so even the audience is like, what do you mean? Wait, yeah. Cause you, is there a secret only fire has told? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Tell me. Well, it's great. Cause you established the secret that Gandalf knows something. And so when you kind of linger on his face and can see the concern that as the audience, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, absolutely. A secret fire has told. <laughs> <laughs> it told it. It wasn't supposed to tell it, but it told it. Um, so now we know for sure that this is the one ring as alluded to, if you have not read the books in the prologue, the one with the giant this, finger. This ring uh, is the one ring to rule them all, mm-hmm. uh, to find them mm-hmm. and to in the darkness bind them. Yeah, only in the darkness can it bind them, mm. but it'd be dark out there. Uh, and so now we got a different issue. What are we going to do with this ring? Right. And he's like, here, Gandalf, obviously I'm a fucking hot. I'm a, I'm an, I'm a hobbit. I got hairy feet. I get drunk. I smoke a lot of weed. I'm, I'm a tall three feet. I just hang out with my homies at Rosie's Sam. All of us want Rosie. I'm not going to lie. Nobody's I've, told I've been Sam smoking old Toby all day. <laughs> I am in no condition. No condition. I have no idea what's going on. Right now. <laughs> I don't know who you are, man. My best friend's my gardener. All right. I don't <laughs> Come on. He's like, here, you take it. And Gandalf, don't tempt me, Frodo. Right? I love that. <laughs> That's the best. Because throughout the story, you see all these powerful figures that have the willpower to resist the ring. And can you imagine what it would be like if Gandalf put that thing on or Galadriel later? Right? Well, if Gandalf they put give the us ring a little on, snippet. 
if Gandalf put this ring on, it would just be three hours of going, <laughs> I would use this ring to do good, but through me. I actually found a YouTube video I, I watched a few months back where this guy is an extreme Lord of the Rings nerd. And uh, he, he did this like half hour thing about uh, what Gandalf would have done if he had taken the ring. And uh, he's crazy, though. He was like, so in the story on the map here, you can see during this year they went uh, around this way. And so Gandalf would have been about in the the mines of Moria. Well, maybe the fields outside the mines. Uh, you, bear in mind, this is t- the year 1213. And it was just very nerdy and boring, but ultimately parts <laughs> of it were really cool. Talking about like he would have been like super badass, dude. Like he would have been Sauron times 10. Sauron times 10. In this world, wizards are not humans. They're like these godlike creature things. They're not just like, oh, yeah, there's only like I studied five magic. of them or something. Yeah, they're. Is it Radagast that we get? Is Radagast, Radagast the brown is in The Hobbit? He's in The Hobbit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah he's got the guy the who's got like, bird shit in his hair. Yeah. He's got the little, like, uh, b- doesn't he use like Gandalf? bunnies or something? <laughs> Gandalf? Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. He's God, got that, that sled suck. with the jackrabbit. Yeah. Bunnies, the sled. Yeah. That's right. It is bunnies. Um, yeah, some interesting stuff in the lore of this film. So Gandalf decides a little poorly, in my opinion, yet again. So the only thing that we can do is that you, indefensible as you are, take this extremely just undeniably precious, just almost unimaginably rare, carry this dangerous weapon item across <laughs> by yourself. Right. Because I have to go talk to my boss. So he would run this by him. I got to run this up the chain. <laughs> uh, see what the wizard lord has to say. And I'll uh, get back to you on Tuesday. You guys zoom. <laughs> you guys zoom. Uh, what's zoom in this universe is the uh, what's it called that Saruman the, uses? Oh, the uh, Pel- 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 Palantir. Pel- Palantir. Palantir. Yeah, Palantir. Do you Do y'all Palantir? Because during the pandemic. I'm going to need you to make me the co-host of this Palantir so I can share images. (laughs) Everybody, make sure you mute yourself. (laughs) But luckily... Oh, someone's got a dog on their side of the Palantir. Let's see that dog. (laughs) Luckily, Sam was trimming the hedges at midnight, which, again, sounds vaguely sexual. (laughs) Trimming the hedges at midnight. Baby. So Gandalf pokes him with his stick. (laughs) It's not you. This is getting worse. (laughs) Yanks him through the window. And uh, another one of the best, most quotable lines in the film. um, Confounded all Samwise Gamgee. Have you been eavesdropping? Hi, you've been dropping no eaves, sir. Honest. Hilarious. Please don't turn me into anything unnatural. (laughs) And that little smirk. Frodo, I mean, Elijah Wood has this ability to give this creepy little smirk that is so endearing. Um, and he gives one of those at that moment. He just loves Sam so gosh darn much. <laughs> don't turn him anything unnatural. He's so silly, Sam. Like, that's all. You can read all that on his face. Yeah. And, and it's lovely. So It's either loving Sam smirks or cum face. <laughs> right. Yeah, one or the other. a lot of those. So now we know. Uh, and Sam knows everything, rather. So he has to go with him. And that's great because it will be a boring movie without at least a twosome. And then the two of them on their journey together actually leads to one of the most quotable lines. Another one of the most quotable lines, and that is when Sam stops in the at the in the the, the farm, and he's like, "If I take one more step, it'll be the farthest away from home I've ever been." And I think I say that every time I go on vacation. <laughs> like literally, when I get off the plane, I'm like, "If I take one more step," <laughs> I quote that all the time. There's it's, a, it's so true in life. There's a really funny meme video where 
they take that line and every time he starts to take a step in that they just and loop it over and over again. throughout the entire uh, trilogy they like replay that <laughs> every <thing>. time <laughs> it's actually brilliant it's a full runtime three three and a half hours or whatever oh it's that long yeah and everything up to that point in the movie is as it is and then it just does that for the entire rest of the runtime <laughs> And everything, and then it ends with Frodo going, Sam. <laughs> it's, it's really well done. You guys got to Google that. Check it out. So anyway, we cut to uh, Gandalf running up the old chain. He goes to Saruman's tower at Isengard. He's like, hey, man, I got some shit to drop on you. And Saruman's like, I think I already know, but Allow drop me it on to me. to act super shady from minute one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello. I don't trim my fingernails. You probably should. It's really gross, man. I play finger style guitar. <laughs> One of my favorite things about early Isengard, like before it gets like deforested and they're kind of doing that like walk. Yeah, the, the fracking. Grounds. Yeah, the fracking before they start fracking in Middle Earth. Um, <laughs> on the grounds of Isengard, they, it, I just think it's so funny. They've got like those little like chain like uh, stanchion lines that you'd see in theme parks that like keep you on the path. I don't know. Right. I just thought that was a weird thing to add. Keep in, like, off the grass. Don't touch the paintings. I really hate it when people step on my grass. <laughs> I will burn it down in a week. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a millennia to grow it. But yeah, yeah. They kind of have that little back and forth about how I guess Saruman's been looking at in the what was it called? The Palan- Palantir. Palantir. Palantir and uh, they're not all accounted for and that's when kind of Gandalf kind of picks up. Oh, Something's amiss. He touches it. He's got this power of sensation when he touches things. He can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Lamest wizard ever. <laughs> when he touches things, he can feel them. <laughs> Don't tempt me, Frodo. <laughs> That's not all I can do. When you fart, I can smell it. <laughs> Gandalf, you're just listing things that normal human beings can do. <laughs> I have no memory of this place. <laughs> but then that starts this epic wizard battle between just two old wizards. And I remember when I was young, just thinking throwing this their scene sticks at each other was so funny because it's just two old guys going, nah! Nah! <laughs> just my hip, aggressively gesturing at each other with sticks. And then every now, every third cut, it goes back to them. They have like more blood on their face. And then he's got Gandalf twirling him on the floor. By his he's leg. double sticking him. Yeah, double sticking him. Staffs, there's nothing he can do. But as I as I've gotten older, I like really love this scene and the way it plays out because it would be so easy for like any other movie to like add stupid little special effects like lightning bolt, yeah. lightning bolt, and to me just them like aggressively thrusting at each other and having well, them they start launch. leaking blood from random areas too. Yeah, so it, you can see the effects of it, and uh, I love it. Unfortunately, Saruman's staff is like an order of magnitude cooler than Gandalf's. It's basically Isengard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. 100%. We got Saruman the White wins that fight, and I guess he's afforded some kind of extra power simply by his rank. Um, I need to do more research into the lore. And that's what's so cool about this movie, and I, I gave all the credit to the filmmakers, but we we got to mention J.R.R. Tolkien created, uh, I believe, I haven't researched this in a long time, I was just a fan as a kid, but I believe he was a uh, linguistics professor at Oxford. Um, so very smart man, very good with language. And the uh, elvish language that they use in this film was entirely created by him, which a lot of fantasy authors create words and sentences and, and dialects and things like that. But this is an actual operating language with conjugations and syntax and everything complete that they're able to teach themselves and use in the film. 
And there's tons and tons of lore that was never even used in any of the novels, not, not even in like the Silmarillion or anything that they could draw from for like, you know, a rich history for this world. So a lot of layers added to it from that. But anyway, so they fight. He loses, throws him up on the roof. But it, it makes it look like, you know, if you're a casual first time watcher of this film and you never read the books, you could interpret that Gandalf dies in this fight. I thought he did. Mm-hmm. First yeah. I saw it. 100%. Yeah. So really, there's two deaths for Gandalf in this movie. So I was thinking about that this time through. Like, damn. Because I, I, I had read the book, so I never thought he was dead. But it's like, damn, you would have thought he died twice. That's so painful. Right. Yeah, I think I, I thought he died when I first saw it, too. At this scene where he kind of he gets thrown up into the ceiling into blackness. Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, a lot of movies would do uh, a, a main character's death that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, cut back to um, the hobbits. They run into uh, Mary and Pippin and they're stealing farmer maggots crop again. Those old mischievous hungry boys. They're just carrots. <laughs> and last week was the cabbages and the mushrooms. The week before that. These dudes are super stoked on veggies, dude. Like, Yeah, they'll just eat anything when also, they're Also, I want to know where they live because I assume that Frodo and Sam have been like a couple days into their journey at this point and Mary and Pippin are just like, oh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we too are out here. <laughs> <laughs> we too. I, um, I do want to do a shout out that uh, Pippin is uh, the namesake of my dog, Pippin. Is that where you got that from? Yes. Pippin, Pippin is a sweet boy and I got that from this movie. Good name. Definitely not a Mary when you look at that dog. No, definitely not a Mary. Does Pippin know that it's short for Peregrine? No, because he's he's not short for Peregrine. He is just Pippin. When you're mad at him, do you say fool of a toque? Yeah, <laughs> you fool of a toque. Actually, when we were watching this movie, I just kept thinking, like, man, I need to, like, remember. Because Gandalf kind of goes hard on Pippin. He really does. And some of his insults is a... Uh, Work. I, I want to like commit those to memory so when Pippin shits in the kitchen again, I can just be like, spare me your stupidity, you duke. <laughs> I don't think he goes too hard. Like, he's only, he's forced to bring this dumbass along, which later benefits everybody, but at this point is very annoying. And only amidst this crew, only Gandalf, maybe Legolas, just by virtue of being an immortal elf, understands the full consequences of their quest. And I'm sure it's frustrating and wearing thin. You know what I mean? Like oh, sure. he's the only one that knows there's a Balrog in those mines, right? Which we'll get into that later. He's the only one that really knows what's going to happen if they fail. And then you got dumbass dropping whole suits of armor and skeletons down the shaft just because they can't keep them hand their hands to themselves. <laughs> Boy, I mean, he's still like. When they're trying to get the Throwing rocks in the water and waking up krakens and stuff. Wait, like, but, come on, motherfucker. When they're trying to get the mind door open, Pippin's like, so what are we going to do? So he's, and Gandalf's basically like, beat your fucking ass. <laughs> he's asking questions. Yeah, for sure. Like, Those Jesus. are legit questions. <laughs> right. You got to think, though. He's been hiking out. They make it seem like a short period of time in in the movie, but they've already been like all the way across the field and then up and down the mountain. I mean, they've been walking around for months on dead ends. They don't even have the elf bread yet. They're hungry as shit. All right. And you got the, the fucking hobbits eating six meals a day, nonstop talking, contributing nothing. You know, they're not foragers. Breakfast. They're not hunters. They're not Second able to breakfast. fight. They're, defi- they're definitely <laughs> foragers. Seas. We learned that at Former Maggot's Crop. That's true. They're, they're, they're thieves is what they are. They're thieves. They're damn dirty thieves. But they found the mushrooms. Shortcut to mushrooms. That's a little throwback to a chap named the chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. A shortcut to mushrooms. Shortcut to what? 
which was a whole year of my life, actually, in high school. Shortcut to mushrooms. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so we get the first uh, Nazgul in this scene after they meet Mary and Pippin. They run a, they fall down a hill running from Farmer Maggot and his, what I thought was an unusually large scythe for, for a hobbit. Is it a hobbit, I assume? Yeah, it has to be. It's in the Shire, right? They can't just dwell with other humans. I don't know. They're a couple days out. They're kind of in between there. And well, Hobbiton. Maybe Farget. Far, they're a couple far, days out of <laughs> Farmer Maggot. Maybe he's like the one like human or man that lives there. They just like fuck with him. I'm like, let's steal right. that guy's crops. Weird tall person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're the asshole here, buddy. Buckleberry yeah. Ferry, and that's 20 miles to uh, Bree, Bree, right? So, I mean, they're pretty close. 20 miles to the next um, crossing. Not necessarily the the end of their like not necessarily the city, but how long to how far to the next crossing? Yeah. But I mean, they're they're definitely outside of Hoppeton, but the Shire is pretty huge if you remember looking at those old maps. Doesn't matter. But we we eventually see the Black Rider, which was all they knew of at that time. But it's actually a Nazgul, right? We know that, and it's really cool character design. I mean, the the long reptilian uh, gauntlet. On the hand, and as soon as he touches the tree trunk that they're hiding under, spiders crawl out and worms and all kinds of centipedes. Unsavory things are beckoned forth immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, the, even the horse's hooves have all like the nails the, and shit coming The in nails them. for the horseshoe are just like coming straight through the hoof, and he doesn't yeah. give a fuck because he's hard as nails. Yeah. And uh, they can sense this, this guy. Probably not a cool cat to meet on the road. And it's got that, it makes that awful, like, nails on a chalkboard screeching noise that they all make. That yeah. uh, but thankfully, Pippin, even though he has no idea what's going on, and he's super high, just saying, I'm going to throw this whole bag of mushrooms. I think Mary threw him, didn't he? Does Mary do it? Yeah. Mary's the one that... Mary's more crafty, for Mary's sure. Mary's definitely got more agency and more smarts out of the duo. I noticed <laughs> that throughout this movie. It, it was very... Pippin was super reactionary to whatever Mary did, like... Mary picks up a sword and goes, ah, and Pippin's like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, Mary, they, they allude to that a lot, too. Mary's definitely the designated adult in that relationship. So mm-hmm. I'm the tall one. They've I'm got, the tall one. They've got to have one. Um, so anyway, they get to Bree. The guy at the gate doesn't want to let the small people in. And then he's like, oh, I don't mean no offense, young sir, little sir. It's me job. Uh, especially with strange folk about. Oh, that man in the corner. Some folks call him Strider. Yeah, that guy's just been waiting for someone to like. Everybody's so nosy in this universe. That dude wanted to chew the fat with someone. That guy's all about the hot goss and Brie. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you want to talk about the people across the street? Let's do them. Let's be catty. <laughs> I just feel like that's the type of bartender this dude is. They're all NPCs in like Skyrim. Everybody in this movie. Because as yeah. soon as they're like, hey, uh, do you have like uh, maybe an apple I could have? Do you want to know about the queen? of the forest <laughs> i'll tell you i used you. to be a soldier myself and so I took that <laughs> it's like no nah, i don't just give me an apple man um strider's got all the apples that does lead to like the one i really wish we got to see what this conversation was so like they go into the bar and they're waiting for gandalf it's not looking good strider's staring at him from the corner it all looks creepy frodo's worried about being found out and then mary's in the background and he's talking to somebody and apropos nothing he's like oh frodo baggins yeah i no Frodo Baggins, he's right there. That yeah. motherfucker that I'm pointing at. That dude he's with the my curly second hair. cousin. He's my second cousin from my mother's. And it's like, okay, the dude that he was talking to was it just some like, oh, young squire, have you heard of a Frodo Baggins? <laughs> yeah. Pray tell me where he be. What's so ironic watching it back uh, as in my adult years, it doesn't matter. 
Like everybody gets so upset and up in arms, but it's not like the Nazgul were going to walk in there like spurs clinking like a Wild West film and start interrogating. (laughs) I mean, he does somewhat interrogate the stranger on the road, but that probably wasn't going to happen. That's less of an interrogation, more of a I'm super scary. (laughs) But what does happen is that Frodo slips in his haste and the ring positions itself upon his finger and that alerts the Nazgul to their presence. So they would have been fine if he had just let Pippin be a blabbermouth. Uh, but then there would have been a way less entertaining movie. But anyway, we get oh, yeah, introduced to sure. Strider, who we later find out as Aragorn, one of the most badass characters in the franchise. And that intro shot, dude, with his, so um, good. his pipe flaring up, yeah. the red light. Lights his face. So badass. Very cool. And in the book, you only know him as Strider for hundreds of pages. Mm-hmm. So it's like way more of a reveal and becomes difficult to think of it as Aragorn, you know, because it's just been the character's name in the text the entire time. Um, but Gandalf, nowhere to be found. We know why. And also, I believe, if I recall correctly, in the book, it's many years that Gandalf goes missing. Well, you don't know why Gandalf's missing. Like, that's a, a mystery. Whereas in the movie, we've already gotten the scene of what went down when he was trying to run it up the chain. Uh, <laughs> um, I think Frodo's like in his 50s during yeah, his adventure in the 50s book. 50s or 60s, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The hobbits live a long time. Um, 111 years of birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to blaze through a lot of the stuff because we're not even halfway and we're running way long on time. But there's so many good things about this movie. Uh, but they they trick the Nazgul. They come in to stab all the hobbits while they're sleeping, but they're just feather pillows. Classic trick. <laughs> and even the design of the blades is awesome. Like they've got little notches and divots out of the swords. It's it's so very cool. Um, and then we cut to a little more travel with Aragorn and the hobbits. One of the best lines. We keep saying that over and over. This is the best line. What about second breakfast? Second breakfast. Elevensies? Um, I don't think he knows about second breakfast, Pip. <laughs> it's classic. Classic hungry boy jokes. Actually, I do say that to my dog when he's begging for more food. I don't think he knows about second breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we you know, get a, another little travel montage. And then finally, up on the little the mountain where it all goes down, there's a name to it, but I don't recall it. Um, but they, the hilltop or something? Yeah. They wake up and uh, all the other hobbits are cooking crispy bacon like dumbasses. We made some for you, Mr. Frodo. Put the fire out, you fools. You don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we made extra. We just wanted to let you sleep. Uh, but the Nazgul have seen the fire from afar and they come to kill Frodo. And we built him up as these scary, scary creatures. But there's only five of them and we don't know where the other four are. And Aragorn is able to fight all five of them off with a sword and a torch. Shame look like a bitch. He threw the torch into the dude's face. And he's just like, I love that one that gets the, the torch in the face because he's just like looking around with a stick coming out of his head. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I've got a stick in my face. Oh, I'm on fire. It looked like the villain from Scream, but like the scary movie joke version Um, so he runs them off but Frodo has been stabbed by a Morgul blade he tries to put the ring on to hide from him and it's really well done all of a sudden you can see the original man forms kingly forms of all the the Nazgul but they still look uh, ghostly and scary super scary but they can see him in the shadow realm that's where I, my understanding of the ring's power is that all it doesn't make you invisible per se it puts you in the shadow realm. Mm. Um, where's all, it's where the Nazgul live. Yeah. He merely adopted the shadow. Realm. Yeah. They were born to it. <laughs> um, so he gets stabbed with a Morgul blade. He's not doing well. So they try to, Oh no, we got to get him to Rivendell because we just get the sense that elves can, can heal super well. And Sam's like, Oh no, we're still six days from Rivendell. He's not going to make it. 
Uh, we need to find some weed. <laughs> God damn it, Aragorn. <laughs> How's that going to help? Just trust me. Oh, it's weed. <laughs> Did you just spit on that and rub it in his wound? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, That's not sanitary, man. I'm not much of a hero healer. <laughs> I can tell. But luckily, we run into Liv Tyler, a.k.a. Arwen, who for some reason is out gallivanting around looking for Aragorn that she as far as I know, did not know was coming unless I there's mean, some kind of elven sense. Everybody you be out looking movie, for that, except for the main character, seems to know what's going on. They're just like, yeah, there's like six of them out there. They've been running around asking about Shire and Baggins. I'm pretty sure that there's an army in the east and they're all rallying. Here are their shit. phone like, numbers. How the fuck do you know that? I think that's a consequence of the passage of time not being able to be imparted very well. Like, in, mm-hmm. like you said in the books, this is months and months and months transpiring, and it just looks like it's been three days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they, they, with their technology, they can't get information that fast. But, you know, it's been months um, conceivably since the beginning of this film that's already trans- it's the same thing happened in Game of Thrones when they were shooting that show as it looked, you know, in the books. This is years that go by and the show had to do it between two episodes and yeah. it just looked really whack. Like how did the army get all the way the fuck over there? <laughs> the King's Road takes like three months. Yeah. And the showrunners just had to be like, cuz <laughs> jetpack. Give me a fucking break here. So I think that's the product of that. But Arwen uh, is a huge player in Rivendell. Oh, that sounded weird. <laughs> Sup, player? <laughs> Everybody wants some of this, but you can't have it. <laughs> Our win, not now. <laughs> nice, decent on the fly. Thank you. Um, so there's decent a- on the fly. Put that on my fucking gravestone. <laughs> So then we get this uh, romance between Aragorn and Arwen uh, that's never that fleshed out, in my opinion. Um, and I didn't, maybe I was too young. I didn't even sense it that well at all in the books when I was reading them. Like, the romance just, is terrible between them. Yeah, they really should have done Let's some more with that. Let's go stand on this bridge really awkwardly and then alternate languages for a little bit while we reference events that really It is cool show. that we get the first Elvish. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just back do, and forth. I do feel bad for them because watching behind the scenes stuff, you can really tell that. Peter Jackson and uh, the other two writers, I can't, uh, Fran Walsh, is that one of them? I believe so. And I can't remember the third ones at all. But th- that's that seems to be something that they were always very, very cognizant of, is that like Arwen and A- uh, Aragorn are like never together for most most of the tr- most of the trilogy, right? And so they they had to they were really stretching to come up with ways to kind of bring the two characters together to really kind of sell this relationship. And I don't know if they're a hundred percent successful. But good effort. I, they not bad on the they fly. They definitely tried, yeah. and I think I think that merits some little bit of a little tip of the hat to sure, them. Sure, I'll tip my hat to them. Yeah, uh, and I, I even made a joke to you guys while we were watching it. I was like, doesn't it make much more sense? As much as I love the character of Legolas for just Arwen to go on this journey, so that their romance, you know, and why didn't Tolkien do that? And uh, and Steve, did you be canceled? Steve is like, Steve is like, women can't go on adventures. <laughs> Mocking, of course, the fact that this book was written in the 50s. And that's probably why. Pretty ridiculous, J.R.R. So then Arwen decides to take charge of Frodo because she's faster. She's an elf. And Sam's like, that's my fucking friend. Who's that lady? Yeah, he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Spoke in a different language and he just gave my friend to the pointy-eared lady. Is she a human trafficker? Is she a hobbit trafficker? <laughs> and Aragorn's like, it's fine. Uh, it's so fine. She, she gave me 20 bucks. She rides like the wind and the Nazgul are right on her tail. 
she crosses the river and she's like, I'm not scared. Come at me, bro. But she knows she's going to have magic water. Come help her. If you want him, come and claim him. Yeah. And then she's like, Ning to ling to liar. Ning to ling to liar. I know you're mimicking Elvish, but part of me thinks that's really inappropriate. <laughs> Why? Ning to ling to liar. There's, there's a hint of something in there that's, that's bordering on inappropriate. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, Steve. So then we get the horse water rushing down over the Nazgul. The little water horses come to to aid her, which All I can assume horses. are the Ningdalingdalaya. And uh, <laughs> but I don't speak Elvish, so I'm not sure. Can you do your best uh, Arwen impression? Doing what this? if it's just Elvish for Holy Fuck River? Help me. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it more. What, we, what can should, I do? We should take all the 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 takes of them speaking Elvish and that just, are not and, subtitled. And put completely different subtitles. Like, we holy should. fuck, water! Please help me. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, I swear to God, I promise not to pee in you anymore, River. Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then it cuts to the famous scene. You guys take it away. You found this so goddamn funny. Uh, we get a little bit of a like kind of a break. You know, we've reached a, a different act of this film. Frodo, from his perspective this time, waking up, all he sees is like kind of white clouds and sky and he doesn't know what's going on. You hear voices he hasn't heard in weeks and months. And then Hugo Weaving pops the ethereal up. Ethereal Hugo Weaving. <laughs> this ethereal disembodied Nindalinga. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Anderson. It's that, it, that's the one effect I think in this whole movie that doesn't quite hold up. It's just that it, it's it's there's something really like you know 2017 student film at NKU. Let me like do some. Ma- I just learned masking and, and just composite it ahead of like ning da ling da lie. He doesn't I'm, say that. He Hugo, speaks English. He speaks the common tongue. I am Hugo Weaving still in this movie. <laughs> it's just a really strange edit. I know. As soon as his head popped up, Steve shouted, "I am in this movie!" <laughs> Damn it, man! You're ruining it. But we find out Gandalf's back. He's just chilling there now. We forgot to mention that he whispered at a dragonfly and sent him off. It's a moth. Are you sure? Yeah. I really don't think that's a moth. A moth. That's a dragonfly. A what? Do you know what dragonflies look like? Yes, it had long oblong wings, and I think four of them. Don't Google it. That's going to take forever. <laughs> this is an audio show. The listeners yeah. know it's I, definitely not a moth. I need you to know why what the a fuck would a moth like. fly that high? It's nighttime. When do moths exist? <laughs> <laughs> why would it fly to the top of Isengard when there's no fucking light up there? This, this, is, a picture, Gandalf. this is a picture of a dragonfly. Is this what you saw talk to? Yes. You are so goddamn I know what wrong. dragonflies Hold on, flies look like. I'm Googling moth. Yeah, Google a moth. Lord like, of the Rings. It's not a moth. And guess what pops up? Oh, moth. Is. The moth from the One Ring to Rule Them All wiki. Look at that motherfucker. It's a moth. I don't think so. <laughs> it probably has a name. It probably has a name. Let me see. I believe that it's an elvish dragonfly. It says its name is Ted. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't. Yeah, that's if that's a moth, that is a fucking uh, Isengard moth from Rohan, yeah. the, a breed that is huge. Oh, shit. I locked my phone. I've never seen a moth that big in my damn life. Have you seen an eagle that big in your life? Uh, <laughs> he okay. rode on the fucking eagle. When you zoom in on that still frame of the actual movie, it looks a lot like a moth. Okay. Yeah, because because it's a moth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's looking really mothy he in whispers. that shot, which could have been doctored. That proves nothing. I feel like Trump right now. That proves nothing. 
Okay. People are saying it was a dragonfly. <laughs> and they were saying it was the biggest dragonfly ever. It made a lot of money. <laughs> I went and got the eagles. People are saying it was very successful. <laughs> it built a wall around Isengard. <laughs> he would definitely be on Isengard's team. <laughs> Chop down those trees. They're hideous. <laughs> Sad. We're going back to Kazakhstan. You serve. <laughs> so Gandalf's back. He's sitting there smoking old Toby. Like, hey, what the fuck's up, little bitch? <laughs> Just one little tiny cut in your shoulder, and you go off for four weeks. Should have gave the ring to somebody else. Uh, he doesn't say anything. He's actually pretty nice about it, even though you can see the disappointment in his eyes. And uh, we get some extended scenes. Him talking to Elrond. Elrond's like, hey, man. Ring can't stay here. Get the fuck you're, out of here. You're bringing a lot of heat on my house. You know how well, much old Toby I got hidden in the, in well, the tombs well, Gandalf, of this place? T- well, Gandalf talked to his moth slash dragonfly friend who brought an eagle and they <laughs> sprung, call it a moth fly. They sprung him from Isengard. They did. The eagles, which were a huge part of the Hobbit. And again, that's another like, as soon as you hear that, like American, I can't do an eagle. <laughs> that was a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> really silly T-Rex. <laughs> I can not see that movie where Gandalf whispers to a moth and a fucking right, T-Rex. Give me your like, best. Get eagle. On my back. <laughs> give me your best eagle, Steve. Get your ah! eagle on. That's decent. That's pretty strong. I don't know. It's more Andy. Dare I fly. ask? <laughs> yeah, Andy. Let's Ka-caw! hear. You. Oh, there we go. Cacao. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a crow. Anyway, so the eagles have brought uh, Gandalf back from the top of. And I love how. By the way, I love that. <laughs> Saruman was just going up there periodically to fuck with him and like <laughs> swing him around with stick magic again. Oh, you're still up here, old man. I'm going to drop you. I'm going to drop you. <laughs> Why don't you magic yourself away? Oh, you're still. Oh, you can't because you don't have your stick because I got it. I got bored again. <laughs> Thought I'd fuck with you and you with some stick magic. By the way, Gandalf, how did either of us get up here? Do you th- how does Sauron laugh? He's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like butthead. You're gonna fall. Join the dark side. <laughs> so we get a little flashback to how he escaped, and it cuts back to all the happy hobbits and old Bilbo. Bilbo has aged quite a bit without the ring in his pocket. He's got a cane now. His hair is all white. They put some makeup on Ian Holmes to make him look very aged. And he's but made some serious headway in his book because he wasn't able to hike very far. Now he's got no better excuse than to sit there and write. Um, I had all these plans, but then I I gave up. And this is... (laughs) That's what I expect you you to do. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like a... An ode to retirement, how fast you age without your life's Yeah, purpose. he retired to Florida, Rivendell, <laughs> and uh, gave Caught up. COVID. And immediately got a, a, a cane. But there's this really, like, the, the heart of the movie is where it starts here. Because there's the scene between Sam and Frodo where Sam's already packed up. Like, he's so damn loyal to protect Frodo. And Frodo's like, what's, what's, what's up, Sam? And uh, he's like, well, let's get the fuck out of here. We did what we set out to do. We're going home. And Frodo's like, you're right. We That was crazy as shit. You know, let's go back home. And um, and it makes it so much more powerful that they're nowhere near even the beginning of the hell they're about to go through. Just because it's like the right thing to do. Like they do deserve to go home. and They have done everything they were asked to do. And from this point on, 
uh, this point out, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey jumped in my body. <laughs> All right. Sam and Frodo. <laughs> From this point on, they volunteer. Uh, and I don't know. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's really powerful. It's not like it was put upon them at this point. I will take it. I will take it. So then we get the famous Council of Elrond right in Rivendell. All of the the races and creatures around uh, this area. I forget what it's fucking called. Rivendell? No. The, what's the world called? It's really simple. Middle, Middle Earth. Earth. Middle Earth, yes. <laughs> I kept wanting to say Midgard. Middle Earth. <laughs> it's not Top Earth. It's not Earth. <laughs> I said it's really simple. Yeah, everybody from around Middle Earth, except for the evil creatures, join on this council to decide, hey, we got the fucking ring. Yeah, the famous one from the old, old books. What are we going to do? They all start arguing. Boromir, we get introduced to him and two... Whoa. <laughs> Why do you keep throwing your pen at Andy? Me. It's late. Surprise. <laughs> Two silent men from Gondor that just kind of as you know have escorted him and don't don't even look at anyone else. They're just like kind of Yeah, they're always looking slightly off of where the action's happening. They see Strange. the moth that Gandalf brought with them. And <laughs> Is that a dragonfly? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what a dragonfly? No, it's a moth. And like the whole time they're talking about who's taking the ring, these two assholes are discussing, is it a moth or a dragonfly? Which one is it? It's definitely a moth. <laughs> anyway. It's such a good scene because, like you said, we're introduced to Boromir. You're introduced to uh, Legolas and Gimli. And immediately you kind of, it's a great scene because it really sets up who these characters are, but also it helps establish and makes more concrete the politics that are going on in Middle Earth at the same time. Yeah. Because you've got Absolutely. Boromir who's proud, but he's also, you know, there's something um, duplicitous to him, but you can't quite place it. There's uh, Legolas who's, who's you know, staunch in his support of Aragorn and, you know, he's, he's, he's beautiful. Let me look at him. He's so fucking beautiful. Mm. And then there's Gimli who you can't trust an elf. That's basically all we know about Gimli in this scene. Yeah, they're really racist against elves is all you can get uh, a handle on. Um, yeah, pretty awesome, pretty awesome stuff. And we get a lot of the famous, uh, a lot of more famous quotable things go on there. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Boromir's most memed speech of all time. One does not simply. Um, so he wants to keep the ring, use it for powerful things. What could go wrong? Give Gondor the weapon of the enemy. Let us use it against them. <laughs> that's the, that's a good, that was a good impression, Andy. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, thanks. Man. Not bad on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally they all decide, yes, we definitely have to destroy it. And Gimli's like, oh, fuck, I'll break it then. No big deal. Why are we sitting here talking? Hits it with his axe. Axe explodes. Boom. But then later, he still gives an axe. <laughs> you had my axe. And, and he looks around and makes sure no one calls him on his bullshit. The other <laughs> his homie next to him like, oh, that's mine. Yeah, he just took it. <laughs> and this is what's cool, too. Like, I hate to keep saying if you read the books, but it's like Gimli's son of Gloin is how they introduce him. Gloin was a major character uh, in The Hobbit. Um, they need to drop a couple Hobbit. Uh, dwarves and Balin, Balin, and uh, Durin. Yep, yeah, Durin. Uh, and then, um, Than Thandril, I think is his name. It's Legolas's dad is just referred to as the Elven King in The Hobbit, but he was in it as well. Mm -hmm. So, these are all like the descendants of the, the book that at the time you had read before, yeah. years before. So, it's neat, it's fun. Um, but yeah, they all erupt into you know, raucous arguing, and Frodo's like, fuck. 
I'll take it, you know. And Gandalf, I love. There's some of these moments in this movie, and this is one of them. It's like four or five of them, where I'm like, ah, oh, because it's almost always Ian McKellen. He has this pained look on his face yeah. of like, I knew it had to be this way, and I knew that I couldn't ask it of you. You had to come to it on your own, and I'm really sad for you that I was right. And yeah. that you actually did what I need you to do. This sucks. Yeah, that, you know? that look that he gives when he hears Frodo is is powerful shit. Yeah. And it, everything you just described is exactly what it is. It's like this profound sadness, this knowing, and like Ian McKellen's a wonderful actor. Such a he, monster. He, he pulls all that off in like two seconds, just closing his eyes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, so then we cut, I think, a, an invented scene, probably for the reason that Steve was talking about. Um, there's a whole scene with the shards of Narsil and all that stuff that I forgot to mention earlier, but mm. also an extended sequence with Arwen and um, Aragorn. And it's kind of weird, like, you know, as we've come to understand at this point in the film, elves live forever for thousands and thousands of years. And Arwen has apparently chosen to forsake her immortality in favor of a relationship with Aragorn that isn't much a one. Via a necklace. I mean, he's been AWOL for Decades, you know, <laughs> hanging out at the Prince and Pony. Hey, by the way, uh, I gave up like 7,000 years of life so that we could be together, and you've been running around Middle Earth. I'm just trying to find myself. Yeah, I don't uh, know if I, I want to be, be king. Down. Like, it's super stressful. Plus, there's like mad hoes and Brie. And I guess that's what's going on. I'm not really sure. Um, but anyway, back to the, back to the fellowship. So now the fellowship is born. And we get to, if you're us, watching the extended cut, part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had to put in disc two. There's that last shot of Mary and Pippin like, where are we going? And then like cut to black, put in disc two. And, and Chris yelled out, credits. And then it popped up it with popped this too. I like, know. What? I just thought it'd be funny if the movie ended there. Right. You, you were, did you know that the there was a disc swap on the extended version? I didn't remember that, no. Oh, man. Yeah. I've only seen the extended ones like twice. These are 4K Blu-rays. Why, why the fuck did we have to swap discs? That we were for- streaming. We are streaming them, right? No. No, those were Blu-rays. Oh, okay. I thought you like uploaded them on Voodoo or streaming. He did. I did. I just used his code. I bought he, the he 4K Ultra HD extended cut box set. Brag. And then I gave Andy the digital code because I'd be doing that. Lesser brag. Um, but we forgot to mention that we were watching this in fucking fun. How many P's do you think that is? Bro, so many P's. It's more than 1080, right? All the P's. Should we be talking about K's instead of P's? I'm not sure. There's four <laughs> K's. That's easy. But how many P's? I believe it's 2160 P's. Yeah, that's more P's than most people get in a lifetime. Uh, that's what so she said. Anyway, we put in part two. Uh, and we find, you know, Bilbo gives Frodo Sting and the mithril shirt from The Hobbit. Is it um, hey, you might need this. It glows blue when orcs come by. And that's when Can you I need touch to keep it your again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that was awkward. <laughs> Can I just touch it one more time? Uh, but I love how he says it glows blue when orcs are about. And that's when you need to have your wits about you. Yeah, because there's orcs around. About. Yeah, <laughs> I understood that. No, I mean if if if, if it glowed blue, I wouldn't be like, oh, sheath, <laughs> just <laughs> just gonna sheath it oh. and smoke some Toby. Um, What's that glowing blue, Frodo? No yeah, reason. My notes say crackhead Bilbo because I mean this time they actually digitally made his face <laughs> monstrous. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm good. so ashamed. And, and Frodo's like pretending like he's not. Mm. Yeah, it's fine, man. I'm sorry I did this to you, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I'm awkward. sorry for everything. 
<laughs> I love Ian Holm. He's such a treasure. R.I.P. Man. R.I.P. Ian Holmes. Let the ring bearer decide. That's the weirdest part. So anyway, we we alluded to it earlier. They go off on their journey. Their 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 first path is affouled by uh, a bunch of crows. Birds. Yeah. But already we've got some awkwardness from Boromir and some, you know, some tension around the ring. We have that lovely little scene where they fight. Yeah. He, he fights Mary and Pippin. He's teaching them how to fight and they all giggle and they fall tickling each other. <laughs> and then they <laughs> knock Aragorn over and he starts tickling. And so they're really bonding. <laughs> I don't like that. Don't call it tickling. So, but, but all the crows freak them out. This, this path is being watched. Okay, what's he gonna do? And I don't know, but let's run. So then they go up the fucking giant let's mountain instead. Mountain. And then somehow the donkey's still with them at this point. And it's Bill, oh, Bill the pony. That path's blocked by snow too. So they go back down. Uh, if I didn't know better, Gandalf, I'd say we're taking the long way round. <laughs> it would be faster to go through the mines of Moria. The mines of Moria. So eventually, Sean Connery as Gimli convinces <laughs> them. But this is another weird thing. <laughs> Gandalf does not want to go through the mines because he's the only one in that group that knows what is down there. And like Saruman seems to be talking to him. They delve like, too greedily. You know what's deep. down there. Some bad motherfucker down there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson as Saruman. I'm recasting the movie and it's getting better. That's all I'm saying. So he looks at the group and he says, let the ring bearer decide. Why? <laughs> He has no combat knowledge, no tactical knowledge, no real instincts to speak of, and none of the information that you have about the real stakes of going down there. <laughs> so right. well, yeah, you he, might as well let Bill the donkey decide. <laughs> Bill's a pony. <laughs> what? Quit besperching Bill the pony's name. He's a dragonfly. He's a good pony. I don't know my animals very well. <laughs> no. Most of them are mules is what I'm saying. There's usually a pack mule. I didn't know he was a pony. He's a pony. Okay, so Bill the Pony decide. So anyway, he's like, yeah, let Frodo, because who gives a fuck? Let him just yeah. eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Well, technically, they are... Any, uh, mini, miny, moria. Sworn to him, betrothed to Frodo, so they have Not to listen betrothed. to him. That's, <laughs> that to, is the wrong word. They gave him axes and swords and Yeah, the bows. fellowship is a nine-way polyamorous relationship. It is Frodo's harem yeah, yeah, I mean, of Frodo, dudes. At this point, Frodo is just an overstuffed Chinese finger crap. <laughs> <laughs> and my axe. <laughs> but no, I guess I, I, I assume the thinking is like Gandalf's like, well, whatever I say, people are still going to argue and bitch and moan about it, but but if yeah. the ring bearer is like, we got to go here. It's like, well, I'm betrothed to the ring bearer. I got to listen to what he says. <laughs> now I can't stop thinking about the Council of Elrond as a gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> you have my bow. <laughs> And my axe. <laughs> what are we waiting for? <laughs> oh, no. No. Of course you are, Sam. <laughs> Apparently, we can't summon a secret gangbang without you here. <laughs> Where are we going? Um, anyway, we ruined that whole movie. So with no knowledge of the risks, he's like, let's go through the mines. And yeah, he's never Gandalf's like, like, fuck, that's the wrong choice. <laughs> right. You picked wrong, you stupid little motherfucker. Should have read them old books I've been reading. Um, anyway, so then we cut Thumbs. to the outside of the mines. They're trying to find the secret door. Coolest part in the video game. Coolest Play. part in the Lord of the Rings video game. PlayStation 2. No and here's problem. where Gandalf smoking too much of the halfling's leaf comes into play a few times. The first is that he, is, he can't remember how to get in the damn mine. He's been in there before. Can't One remember. Thing. 
He has been because it not until halfway through the mines does Gimlet he say. Gimlet would too. Well, it's weird, but yeah, I mean that's an ancient like dwarven dwelling. But he also thinks his cousin is alive and well in there. Okay. Yeah, what up, Kuh? Let me in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kuh. Um, so the, the, the moonlight reveals the door. And I love how they play it like Frodo's really clever. That is not a riddle. That is literal reading. That's yeah. directions. Yeah. Be friends <laughs> and enter. Speak friend. What does that mean? Well, uh, if you're a friend and you know the password, you get to go in. And then later Frodo's like, no, it's a riddle. Speak friend and enter. Like, what's that's the not, Elvish word for friend? That's, that's Belloc. Belloc. <laughs> and it opens. What? But not before Pippin's dumbass has uh, awoken a kraken. Well, to be fair, Mary was also awakening the kraken. That's okay. I don't want to blame you just Pippin. The water. And then fucking, they, they send Bill packing. They send pack mule packing. Thank God. Like, the, the mine's no place for a pony. He's right. For bravest Bill. Can you imagine like, Bill? Yeah, but he was cool on the mountain. Yeah, right. I mean, when I thought he was a mule, actually, they're actually pretty good on mountains. But he definitely wouldn't have jumped down those steps. He wouldn't have survived the battle with the cave troll. You got to think about that, Andy. You want yeah, Bill in there with that cave troll in that true. tiny room? Bill would have, like, broken his hoof, like, uh, on the first day. And they would have had to put him down. And there would have been a scene where he's like, I don't want to do it, Master Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it, Sam. <laughs> Put him out of his misery. Yeah, he's, he's in a lot of pain. Cut to them cooking Bill over. <laughs> oh, no. Boil him, cook him, put him in a stew. Um, yeah, they del- the dwarves had delved too deep. We had some beautiful CG city underground stuff. Um, a mine, they said. They call it a mine. <laughs> a mine. It's, ah. no- <laughs> it's no mine. It's a tomb. And uh, let them know that there's still one dwarf in Moria that still draws breath. Yeah, that's fucking a good Gimli. fucking sign. It's a good fucking sign. Gimli starts doing that shit. Oh yeah, look. So the cave troll fight. So they they get they they make their way through. Golems follow them. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah blah blah. No memory. Blah blah of this blah. Place. And that is probably the best line in the whole movie. The. Uh, is, that is not for us to decide. We've only to decide what to do with the time that is given to us. That and my favorite line of that whole monologue is uh, when we're talking about when Frodo sees Smeagol sneaking up on him. Mercy that stayed Bilbo's hand. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, yeah. Pity they didn't kill him. And he said, pity. It was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. He may have a part to play yet, which, of course, we all know, having seen the trilogy. That Many that live deserve death and some that die deserve life. Yeah. Can you give it to him? It's great. It's great. As someone who has done, I just want to say I'm loving this episode so much because because Andy's coming out of his shell. He's throwing us all sorts of impersonations, and he's just crushing it. I just want to. I love this movie. It's not bad on the fly. (laughs) I stand by that. I'm gonna still put this pussy on the pedestal. You know, (laughs) great job, buddy. It was at this point I commented to Steve during the troll fight because okay, this giant cave troll cave troll comes in looking a lot like the the troll from. Uh, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Am I right? Troll in the dungeon. <laughs> but but less bogeys. Uh, <laughs> uh, troll that, bogeys. That is from uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Just FYI. The troll is? Yeah. Okay, you're right. Troll in the dungeon. It's Quinn. Or Quill. 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 Yeah. I corrected you on a Harry Potter know, thing. My what? So anyway, there's a cave troll, bunch of goblins, a.k.a. orcs. Uh, by the way, orcs are goblins. Goblins is what Tolkien called them in The Hobbit. They are the same lineage. Um, it was a whole discussion while we were watching the movie. It was a whole thing. Well, 
the reason I was so passionate about it is because I perked up when they were describing the Urukai somebody was. And they're like, yeah, he fucking crossed men and goblins. And I was like, they're definitely orcs. And I kind of cocked my head like Andy's, Andy's dog Penny would. And then later they, they said, uh, oh, these are goblin arrows that killed Balin and all of his dwarf buddies down here. And I cocked my head the other way, like orcs definitely killed those people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now I'm like, are goblins fucking orcs? You know, <laughs> well, not the, uh, fucking them, but are they the same? Are they the same thing? And so, yes, they are. We Googled it. But anyway, why were there no red shirts? Because this fight, nobody's really able to die. And there's like this massive battle with hordes of orcs and cave trolls. And we have to have everybody survive. I, but, I, but look at that army. Look at that goblin army. It's a bunch of malnourished. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've never seen this. They don't have vitamin D. They haven't seen. They haven't touched the sun in who knows how long. Well, I loved your reply. You were like, the, the fellowship. Gimli, Legolas, Aragorn, Kevin, Craig, Craig, and Melissa. They're here. Oh, no, they got Craig. Aragorn saved Melissa. Oh, Melissa died already. This is well, this is also like their first taste of combat. So it'd be kind of fucked up to have somebody That's, die right away. Yeah, this is our first real. I mean, what are we an hour and a half in mm-hmm. this? Like this is the there's a lot of like horror tension and really cool set pieces. But this is the first like major action scene. I mean, we got a little bit with the Kraken. We started to see Legolas's bow and stuff in action. And I guess we got a little bit on Hilltop or whatever with Aragorn. Sure. But Nazgul, that's what I mean. But, it's so funny about the Nazgul being so powerful because he's just kind of like freaking out, swinging the sword left and right like I would. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get away! <laughs> and I got fire! Well, that was supposedly uh, Vigo Mortensen's very first day on set because they famously uh, they cast someone originally, someone else for Aragorn. Yeah. And then, like, after yeah. a few days, they were like, yeah, it's not working out, bud. So they, they cast what, Aragorn. What's that name? I'd have to look it up real quick. But, uh, but yeah, that was literally his first day on set. And, like, obviously, he hasn't done any sword training yet at that point. He's True. just kind of like... Uh, well, you want me what? Uh, <laughs> I'll swing it. Ah, yeah. So it, like that, it's the most unchoreographed fight in the whole movie, but it still looks great. It does. We're not knocking it. We're not knocking it. So we get the giant fight. Stuart, I, I want to say Pete Townsend. I was like, that's not. That's the yeah. <laughs> Stuart Townsend. Stuart Townsend. Stuart, you're out of here. God, can you imagine? Do you think Stuart Townsend sitting at home like, what the fuck could have been me? I, I, I remember reading at some point. He was like, yeah, no, I would have been terrible in that part. So <laughs> it's cool. So they they fly through the rest of the mines of Moria after that fight. They do kill the cave troll. Uh, Frodo's mithril shirt is revealed because he gets skewered. That was a kingly gift. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Skewered by the damn troll. Uh, and it really milks it. Like, I understand, like, if you're on a bulletproof vest and you get shot, it still bruises you deeply. It's profoundly painful. But he really milks that. Yeah. He, like, Dude, falls he, like, on his face and just face. doesn't move. <laughs> doesn't give any indication that he's okay until everyone's like, it's, he's dead. So somebody get a shovel and start burying him. And he's like, oh, I'm fine. I know. He sits up and literally goes, I'm not hurt. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> It's just a flesh wound. Uh, so he's got the mithril shirt on. Blah, blah, blah. Kingly gift. So and then we get to uh, the 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 real demise of Gandalf. Or so we think, right? So, dude, can we give a shout out real quick? The Balrog, the sound design. Yeah. Everything is awesome. It was at that point in the, in the movie when I realized I had night sound on on my Sonos and I turned it off. And then the Balrog was like, I was like, yeah. This is better. It just sounds like opening a hot, hot furnace. Yeah, that, I think that, that's what the sound is. It's so perfect. So fun fact, because uh, I did some research thinking about it, just wondering. 
Turns out that a Balrog is actually what Sauron is, sort of. Really? So a Balrog is a, a, a powerful monster called a Mire. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right because that sounds really lame, but it's M-E-I-E-R. Maybe like Mayer. Uh, but it's an ancient beast. This one is known as Durin's Bane. Um, but originally Sauron was, it's basically like a Mayer is like a demon and Sauron was like turned into an even more powerful version of that by some character of books I never read, like the Silmarillion or something. His name was like Mockroth or something, mm. but he took like a Balrog basically and imbued it with extra power. And that's how Sauron was born. Damn you, Mockroth. Um, so they were his like top henchmen. All the Balrogs were, there was only like 10 of them and only a couple of them survived like the prologue battle at the beginning of the movie by hiding in the depths. And that's one of them. Mm. So little fun fact I never knew. I just thought it was like crazy monster, but it's actually like canon for what's going on with Sauron and stuff. So mm. interesting factoid. Now I learned it was, to, I was today years old. Uh, so Gandalf's again, one of the most famous lines in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you shall not pass. Probably the most iconic part of the movie, I would say, right? For sure. Like, that's the one that kind of definitely pierced the zeitgeist. I mean, I know I went through all of middle school and high school. Anytime I accidentally bumped into anybody, yeah. I'm screaming, you shall not pass, Adam, just to make it less awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, making it less nerd. awkward. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then as they walk away and I get to my locker and they're still going, I turn and go, fly. <laughs> I had tons of friends. And then you just fall. You <laughs> fall down. <laughs> yeah. Just jump in the trash. Just go can. all in, man. And I always thought it was funny because I was a little, you know, juvenile asshole. It totally looks like Gandalf voluntarily doesn't pull himself up. Mm-hmm. He just kind of lets himself go. He's like, fly, you fools. You guys are going to be so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually going to be fine. <clears throat> um, I'm going to get Saruman's jacket. This is what I'm doing. This farmer's jacket. Okay. <laughs> That's what I've been working for. I'm going to dive down here and dye my hair real quick. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he falls down. Everybody's real sad. Gandalf! <laughs> and then, but then Aragorn's all business. We got to keep moving. And, and this is where the full arc of Boromir starts to be born, at least for me, because everybody's weeping and Aragorn's like, give them pussies up. We got to run. And Boromir's like, a moment for pity's sake. give them a moment for pity's sake. I don't know why I gave him that high pitch. <laughs> give him a moment. But he's just like, you know, he, he cares. cares. He cares. He probably knows Gandalf the least of everybody there. Yeah. And um, I noticed in this rewatch how much of how much it is him, Mary and Pippin. Like it's always him with them. They're in his boat. He's the one protecting them at the end. You know, it's their brains. So he's sitting there like consoling them. Yeah. And I, I thought that that was really effective. Like he, he cares about those two. Yeah. Which is neat. And so those are his bros. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then we get to uh, the forest, La Florian and the speaker of the prologue towards the end. So it's really like over two hours until we meet yeah. the speaker in the prologue. Kate Blanchett. And that's where the lady. The and who was the other one? Is, oh, I looked him up. I'm sorry. I, I didn't write his name up, but he, he was the bad guy in uh, the triple X. Tell me, where is Gandalf? 
Kelly. I much desire to speak Tell with him. Tell me, where is Gandalf? I much would like to speak with him. Nine left Rivendell, and I see only eight before me. Will someone have to spell it out for me any clearer? <laughs> you all look super sad. <laughs> Nine minus one. You, everyone here is really harshing my melon. <laughs> Kate Blanchett, will you tell me why everyone here is such a loser? <laughs> and then Kate's like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Gandalf the Grey did not pass through these lands. What? So- <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't know, by the way, there are three kinds of elves in middle earth martin Sakas is the guy oh, oh, everybody okay. knows celeborn is the character celeborn that's it celeborn right on the tip of my I tongue used, i used to know these things samsonite, samsonite. Uh, <laughs> there there are uh, three types of elves in middle earth uh, but there are originally more of them it has to do with like the whole like lore that's never really talked about in the books race wars <laughs> no they just never came from like Valinor, which is where all the elves are from, only certain ones journeyed to Middle Earth to because of the race wars. Yeah, <laughs> lived there for five or six thousand years. But Galadriel, you may have noticed, has extra powers, and she's one of the original elves. Uh, but I think it was like Nordir or something is one type of elf that's like Rivendell and Elrond, and then uh, the Wood Elves. I was kind of confused researching about it, but like one of them says that. It's like a Sardan or something, but that's King of the Wood Elves, which is what Legolas is. But it also calls another text that I was looking at called um, Galadriel's Elves, the Wood Elves. But anyway, so Legolas, Elrond, and Galadriel are all three different kinds of elf. They're just elf Hmm. bros anyway. But Galadriel is one of the oldest, one of the first, which is why she has extra powers. She's a very powerful person. I think Gandalf is more powerful, and Sauron is more powerful than both of them. Mm -hmm. But... I just like wondering about the power dynamics here. I I just love, well, it's a minor production thing, but it's something they do to kind of allow her to stand out from the rest of the cast and also kind of, you know, lean into the fact that she is this mystical, very powerful character is that if you pay attention to her eyes, she's always lit um, with. So Gandalf. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's always lit with this lighting apparatus that is like eight or nine like different bulbs so when you look in her eyes the reflections of those bulbs appear as like a bunch of dots in the pupils of her eyes so her eyes have this like depth to them that no other character has seen the eye and then zoom <laughs> smash shoot shot on her right. eyes I, ah. I was, that, that's the one shot in the movie i'm like that was a weird choice for it's sure. not the one shot. There's a couple, but yeah, that one I'm especially. also Hugo Weaving here. <laughs> well, I think Peter Jackson's kind of prone to melodrama. Yeah. But it, and it works in a high fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas uh, other other movies he tried later on, it was just like, oh, kind of awkward, man. Um, but anywho, so, so we get the in, the in the extended version, we get this wonderful sequence of. Uh, Galadriel and the other elves gifting the fellowship with things they may need on their quest and some good jokes that you miss if you've only ever seen the theatrical cut. Um, like they get this famous elven bread and Lambus Legolas bread? Limbus. Limbus bread. Limbus bread. And Legolas tries to show it off. He takes a little nibble and he's like, one tiny bite is enough to fill a full grown man's stomach. And like this hilarious <laughs> nod from Pippin's like, just like, oh, yeah. uh-huh. that nod kills me. He's like, oh, that's yeah. so interesting. Really? And then, <laughs> and then when he walks away, Mary's like, how many did you eat? Four. 
<laughs> it just burps. So they've all eaten like they both eaten like 30 meals essentially in the past hour. Living their best life. And then Gimli gets the, the, the hair from her head. Loves it. Mary and Pippin get the daggers and then Sam gets a bundle of robe. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's so terrible. Son of a bitch. Can I get one of those nice shiny daggers too, please? <laughs> I ain't been no. Dropping, I ain't been dropping no eaves. I haven't been dropping no eaves. Why don't you a rope? Can I get some of those nice shiny daggers? Um, so they get all these gifts and like a, a brooch. Was it a brooch? Yeah. A brooch. Uh, for their cloaks, they get nice new cloaks. And I guess in the theatrical cut, they just have all this shit. And you're just like, oh, well, they look pretty good leaving the forest. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and here's where which, shit starts and, to go and, down. Which is funny because um, you're right. Because in the in the theatrical cut, I remember like they just had this shit. And specifically like, when Two Towers starts, uh, Sam just has this rope that just is magical. And I remember when I watched Two Towers thinking like, fuck's that rope about? Yeah. <laughs> because that the scene where he's gifted the rope isn't in. Yeah. And fellowship, which is a st- very strange choice, but if you're watching the extended versions, who cares? No problem. Yeah, you, you got seamless. it. Seamless. Got all the info. Baby. A little lengthy, but seamless. Um, so then we cut to Saruman giving his uh, best Urukai orc uh, history lesson, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, do uh, you know where orcs come from? Did you know that it was really about states' rights?" <laughs> <laughs> Deep cut for Americans. (laughs) Topical. (laughs) Did you know where orcs came from? Well, when a mommy orc and a daddy orc. I'm not going to keep going. I was just going to be the orc guy. That was the Urukai getting uncomfortable. (laughs) 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 Me no more here. (laughs) Girls have cooties. Actually, if he was really telling them where they're from, like, we actually just, like, poured some seed in this mud and uh, just kind of whisked it around for a day or two. And I cut down all the trees. (laughs) And then I had, like, uh, Flurgan over there to go over there and you choked him out. That was Flurgan. Um, he was your father. <laughs> we're feeding him. That, that's dinner. We're feeding you, Flurgan. Flurgan for dinner. Uh, I can't stop laughing about states' rights. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so we cut back to the final scene, legendary set piece. Um, all the 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 clan has fallen apart. The fellowship's fallen apart. And Galadriel warned Frodo about this when she pulled him aside. She's like, "Hey, hey, bro, I got a ring too. It's not as dope as yours, but it's a pretty dope ass ring. It's worth a lot of money. Um, however, because of this lifestyle we lead, we're very lonely. <laughs> we're both <laughs> like <of> this lifestyle. <laughs> we're both like really talented rappers in that way. We're like misunderstood artists, you know. Exactly. Uh, and so he's prepped for this and he starts to see signs of it everywhere. And, uh, you know, the Urukai are, are chomping at the bit to kill him. They're getting near. Boromir goes for it. And I can't tell if he purposefully like positioned himself to be alone with Frodo or if that was happenstance and he really was gathering wood, which is weird because like four out of the nine fellowship were gathering wood. I noticed this little uh, bit for the first time when they, so we have this prolonged sequence of them riding canoes down the river and then landing at the spot right before the waterfall. And when um, Boromir docks his boat, he does this weird like downward look and shiver thing, like almost like he's possessed for a second. Oh, it's yeah. super interesting. I, I'd never caught that before. 
And so I think that was absolutely like him being being taken possessed, over, losing control. Yeah. hundred percent. And then he like does this weird fall down the hill after Frodo runs away and like shakes him out of it. And he goes, Oh, yeah. he falls. it's yeah. super weird. Frodo. But I guess that was like the spirit leaving him, you know? Yeah. Um, so all thing, all shit, you know, it goes to hell and back real quick. Frodo's trying to run the Urukai storm the field, but they're all split up now. And it's awesome. What a climax. Dude. Each one of them kills like 30 of these orcs. And Legolas, one of my favorite scenes I'll never forget as a kid loving was when he's, he's firing off the arrows rapid fire, but then an orc gets too close to shoot with an arrow. So he just stabs him in the throat with it and then knocks it and shoots yeah. the one behind him with it. It's such a good choreography. And then in this extended cut, we get that one shot of him shooting like eight different orcs just in, in From a the row. wide shot. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's so badass. Oh, is that not in the theatrical? No, yeah, that's so that's good. Is that really not in the theatrical? Yeah, that's, that's an extended hmm. cut thing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. so dope. I'm going to stick with my guns on that. I'm not, I'm 80% sure <laughs> that would have been as an editor. That would have been really hard to cut out. Yeah, right. for real. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a good long, but still really well paced fight. Um, and I mean, obviously the linchpin of this scene is the death of Boromir and he gets to, as Aragorn said, retain his honor. He, he fought very bravely. He killed more than anybody else. Dude, that mountain of bodies sitting next to him as he's dying. It's like, he killed all those. Yeah. Did you see how many were there when he showed up to help Merry and Pippin? Yeah. But I do love that first scene when, you know, Aragorn sees that sting is blue and tells Frodo to run. And Frodo frustratingly takes a couple extra seconds, even though he already decided he was leaving. It's very strange. Uh, But when Aragorn rounds that corner, it is not like, seven or eight or something impressive it is yeah. an entire army or at least a platoon and and aragorn still just arrogantly is like all right motherfuckers he does yeah. the cross guard salute to yeah respect let's do this <laughs> it's like that's not a good idea and they're all fully armored like big orcs too yeah. but still dumb as shit i guess about to beat your ass oh stage rights <laughs> <laughs> we heard this from Solomon. <laughs> Saruman QAnon. <laughs> They're basically storming the capital and Aragorn's up there <laughs> doing his best. Um, yeah, the death of Boromir. And it's so sad because Boromir doesn't even get like outplayed. He just gets shot with a bow while he's fighting a bunch of other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like the other guy was stronger or better swordsman or anything. Lurts or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, fucking dumb dumb just comes up and shoots him. And then he, I think he acts all baller. He just like no scopes Boromir from like across the map. And <laughs> yeah. <he's> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> like, like that? After every time he shoots, he's like, ha ha. Here comes another. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty sad. But I love how they let him keep fighting. Like, even after three arrows, he's yeah. or two at least, he's still swinging that, yeah. that sword. He kills three or four more of them. And that scene, the, just the shot is so good after that third arrow hits, and he's just sitting there on his knees, and all the orcs are running past him. Yeah, he's not dead. It's just he can do nothing. Right. And they're like, well, he's not a threat. Let's keep going. Yep. Until uh, Big Dum Dum shows up, and he's going to finish him off. Again with an arrow, though. To the face. Yeah. And he point fully blank. knocks that thing, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. He's right there. You can literally just go, pink. This is going to be so cool. I can't miss from this distance. <laughs> Your head's about to explode. <laughs> and then Aragorn jumps out of nowhere. And it's almost like a tease. Like, if, if you're watching for the first time, you might be like, oh, maybe he saved him. No. Just 
that way we get a death speech is all this that, was that fight between aragorn and lurch or whatever the fuck his name is um is so it's quick but it's really brutal and there's a couple like oh dang moments like the one that always gets me is when he throws his shield at aragorn and like the shield has like a triangular divot into it and it it pins him. It, it pins him by the head to the tree, and that could clearly could have like taken his head off. But it's such a neat like effect. It looks very brutal. Mm-hmm. And then he like he cuts the guy's arm off and stabs him. But then the guy like pulls him in. Yeah, him, that's like, awesome. Yeah, you can't hurt me. And then he just lops his head off. But like it's such a quick but satisfying fight. Savage yeah. fight. It's very good. Very cool. And then we get the uh, oh captain, my captain from Boromir as yeah. he fades off into the sunset, and. uh Frodo, I mean, Frodo rolls it was out. Played by Sean Bean, he had to die. Yeah, for, well, that was the beginning of that, I think. Yeah. Was, oh, I mean, he's died in fucking everything. So, I, but I, that I, was the beginning of Sean Bean uh, deaths, right? This is two thousand and one. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he he died a lot before then, but I think this was around the time it started becoming what? a meme. What did you know Sean Bean from prior to Lord of the Rings? I don't think so, my friend. Actually, I think Equilibrium, Equilibrium was, was like much two thousand and two or something. <laughs> 2002, it was the first thing he did after Boromir. Uh, uh, Goldeneye? Goldeneye. Oh, fuck, you're right. Goldeneye. He, like, they, like, super killed him in Goldeneye. (laughs) What is he, 006? Yeah. He is. Alec Trevlin or whatever. I totally forgot about that. That's awesome. Knock him off the fucking satellite, and then the satellite falls on him. Yeah. (laughs) He super dies. (laughs) Fuck you, Sean Bean. You didn't die die from that 100-story drop. Let's drop a fucking satellite on you. (laughs) So Frodo tries to do the honorable thing and run off in the pretty boat, but Sam catches up with him. He can't swim. Fuck it. I'll just drown trying to chase you because I made a promise to Gandalf. Plus, I really don't like these other guys a whole lot. (laughs) You're my homie. Um, Frodo saves him from drowning 17 feet below the surface of the water with his eight inch arm. <laughs> pulls him back into the boat. I love that shot because it, it really does look like Sam's like at the so bottom far. of the Mariana Trench. <laughs> but really, in retrospect, he was maybe a foot underwater. <laughs> Sam, stand up. Stand, up, stand Sam. up, Sam. Pulls him in the boat. It's like, hey, I promised you I wasn't going to drop no eaves. I'm never going to do that. But I also promised I wouldn't leave you. And then they sail off into the sunset together. And with the editing, it looks like they immediately fall off a waterfall. Because <laughs> it goes to Sean Bean's Viking funeral. Right. <laughs> That's a different boat. And uh, they decide they're or, uh, Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn decide they're going to go orc hunting and save Merry and Pippin. And Sam and Frodo are on their own. And that's it. The guy in the theater is, thought it was over. Is there anything more hype? I'm sorry. Is there anything more hype in all three of these films than Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli just running? Yeah. Like, We're going to go on an adventure. And they just start running into the woods. Let's hunt some. Oh, that's such a hype moment. And then we get that really I'm nice. I'm so fucking stoked to watch the two towers. So and have, it, have it open with them running and all yeah. the, some of, I think almost all the best action. Sprinters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for that. So that brings us to the end of our play by play of Lord of the Rings extended edition. Holy shit. Uh, we got a couple more treats for you. First off real quick. I haven't even answered these questions for myself. Andy, what is your favorite scene in this movie? Uh, my favorite scene is going to be the uh, after uh, for, for what I mentioned earlier when Frodo and Sam first start their adventure and then they're camping. It's late at night and they see the wood elves leaving to go back to what's that place called? Lothlorien. Um, oh, um, Valinor. Valinor to go back. But to they Valinor. call it Grey Havens or something. For yeah. Some um, uh, just something about that scene just strikes a chord with me and i honestly don't know what it is it's just uh, it sets this fantasy tone and I, I think a big part of it is just like 
where I was at in my life, like huge fancy book nerd, video game nerd. I played EverQuest all the time. And that struck me as more fantasy than anything else in the movie. And so I, I, I just love the shit out of that little sequence for some reason. Okay. I can dig it. And I will really just everything in the Shire, like the music. Uh, I was trying to take notes and I, my first note is the music absolutely fucking slaps. And, and like everything in the first like 20 minutes of that movie, the music's amazing. And yeah, for sure. The, that, the that score scene, is absolutely incredible. In including this movie. that scene. Yeah. It, good shit. Good shit, my dude. Steve, what is your favorite scene in Fellowship of the Ring? Uh, my favorite scene, hands down, is Boromir's death scene. Um, you know, I, I I love that character. I think it's a very multifaceted character that Sean Bean plays. Yes. And I just love the fact that even though he it's this character that's been corrupted by the by the ring, and he, he is a when you get to the core of him, he's a good character. He's a, he's on the side of good. He wants to do good. And he's, and he's, he's been charged with protecting these people and he's going to lay down his life for these two little halflings, uh, that he's grown a bond with. And like, there's this moment where he gets shot with the two arrows and he falls on his knees and he's, he, he is about to give up. You think? And he, he looks right at Mary Pippin and like, there's just that moment where he's just kind of like, no, no I, I have to protect him. So he gets right back up and knocks off a couple more dudes before the third era finally takes him out of commission. Um, and then he has that final little, uh, you know, my captain, my captain scene with Aragorn and like, dude, it, it brings me to tears every time. I love it so much. I love it. That's a powerful scene for sure. Um, my favorite scene is the, the minds of Moria sequence, but that's cheating. Um, Why is that cheating? Because that's a very long portion of the film. So specifically the Belrog, but just the Mines of Moria in general. Again, that's the first time where it really ramps up and you get to see up to this point, Gimli and Legolas and everybody is just, I mean, you've seen Legolas, like he can see very far. He's walked on top of the snow. So that's intriguing. But Gimli straight up seems like a straight shit talker at this point. Um, And you get to see this little fellowship take on an entire army of very dangerous creatures and a troll. Even the the hobbits, they're very hardy, stout people. Like they've they've like there's that scene in the beginning when uh, I'll have you long shanks when you know <laughs> yeah. they, they burst in like they're gonna whoop his ass. Like they can't fight, but they're gonna fucking try. That's yeah. their dude, you know, and that's awesome. That makes it more endearing. And again, they just pull out their little swords. Like I guess we stab them, you know, yeah. and they try. And it, it's it's so endearing. It's so exhilarating. Troll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I remember the theater standing up uh, and clapping, annoying as that can be on a premiere night in the theater when Legolas ran across the chain and shot him mm-hmm. in the head with his arrow. Uh, really yeah, cool Legolas, shit. Legolas like, is way better fighter than all those guys. Like he, he kills the shit out of some stuff. A thousandfold, and I can't wait for Helm's Deep. Yeah. Um, oh. But oh. specifically the, the, cre- <laughs> the character design of the Balrog is so incredible, especially for 2001. It doesn't look corny at all. Like you got to, I don't know when Scorpion King came out the, <laughs> after this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, I know the budget difference is probably vast, but not as much as you would think. And it's so beautiful. So well done. Shadow and flame. Um, it's so powerful when you shall not pass Ian McKellen at the height of his power. It's such a, a moving scene. Uh, and that's my favorite part of this movie. Andy, who is your favorite character? Um, probably Bill, the, the, the moth. The moth is my favorite character. <laughs> the dragonfly. Um, uh, my favorite character has to be Sam. Um, I think that he ha- is the heart of the movie at all times. And uh, I, I, I think that he 
carries he he carries the movie in a lot of ways. He he is like kind of the uh, he's the butt of a lot of jokes, but he's also he's he's the Daniela Melchior or whatever of this movie. He he's the the unexpected heart of the movie. Okay, yeah. Steve, I'm gonna guess that yours is Gimli. Uh, it's Melissa, son of Craig. Uh, no in this specific movie uh, i'm giving that award to boromir for all the reasons i talked to talked to previously i think sean bean does a great uh he gives a great multi-layered fast and multifaceted performance it's you know you sympathize with him you understand why he's acting petulant sometimes and and on the side of evil but then he turns it around it's just a really good i think it changed my answer to boromir too yeah and and really this is the only movie that i can give that award to him because obviously he did um but uh so yeah boromir is my favorite character of uh fellowship of the ring solid choices um i'm gonna go with gandalf um i think there's something unique and whimsical that dies because Gandalf the Grey does die yeah. in that scene. And in fact, it's somewhat intimated that who returns is not quite Gandalf. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of like a... I am Gandalf the White. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a force ghost version of him. You know what I mean? So I've, I've, I would rise more powerful than ever before if you strike me down. Um, and so, but the fireworks Gandalf, uh, the, the, the weed smoking Gandalf, that guy's dead. And... But Ian McKellen's performance is just so powerful. Like we, we said earlier, just there's a couple scenes in this movie with with just a pained look. He can intimate so much. And even when, you know, is it secret? Is it safe? Like that as funny as that is now that he was just sitting in the dark hobbit hole waiting on Frodo uh, to come home <laughs> drunk to tell him that. Why don't you just go to the bar? Hey, guys, got some shit going on. Frodo, need you. I need to uh, speak with you, Frodo. <laughs> um, that's so well done. It's so powerful. So I got to go with Gandalf. That's my favorite character of Fellowship of the Ring. So if you're going to, we, we got one more thing tuned for you. We got a, a trivia sesh on this film, but I just want a quick reminder to let you know, if you want to hear our two towers and return of the King extended coverage, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash streaming things. Steve laid on us. You cooked up a game for us to close out the show with. Let's do it. Well, uh, guys, it wouldn't be, a trivia time if it, we didn't have it uh, for real. And by for real, I mean in front of a studio audience, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's the return of Steve May's trivia. But unlike before, where Steve May trivia was 13 questions, this one is only five because, you know, time constraints. Uh, so it's the theatrical cut. Uh, So if you guys remember, CMA's trivia went like this. I will ask you a trivia question, and the two of you will have to buzz in by saying your name. So, for instance, Chris, if you think you know the answer, you will just say, Chris, and I'll call on you first. So whoever uh, 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 yells that first will get first crack at my trivia question. Now, these trivia questions, listeners, are based off of more like behind-the-scenes type trivia. So it's not like... You know, what is the name of Gandalf's sword, Chris? Glamdring. It's it's not shit like that. It's not nerd shit, okay? <laughs> All right? This is real life, baby. Uh, if you get the correct answer, you will hear this noise. Oh, that's pleasant. Uh-huh. But if you're incorrect? Unpleasant. Not so pleasant. Not so pleasant. That's the Boromir of noises. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Ready. All right. So question number one. Which member of the cast and crew was the only one to have met J.R.R. Tolkien. Andy. Andy. Christopher Lee. 
That is correct. Christopher Lee is the only one who have actually met J.R.R. Tolkien. He is famously a huge fan of uh, Lord of the Rings. He would read it every year. <laughs> and in fact, he would often uh, be used for like, they would bring him to the costume department and be like, hey, does is this what orcs would look like, sir? <laughs> and he would be like, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I guess L- listen would... to my metal album. It's <laughs> <laughs> a metal album. It's so bad. Which we haven't, we haven't really touched on how awesome Christopher Lee is. R.I.P. Yeah. That dude's sick. Count Dooku. Count Dooku, baby. Uh, so, Andy, you were, you were up by one. Chris, maybe this one will be for you. This is number two. <laughs> what role did Orlando Bloom originally audition for? Chris. Chris. I don't actually know. I just didn't want Andy to say Andy. Well, just shout out a random Lord of the Rings. I'm just trying name. to think which who he would have auditioned for, and it makes sense that he would play Pippin. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Andy, do you have a guess? Andy, uh, I'm going to say Aragorn. Aragorn no, was too is, obvious. This is a surprising one. So Orlando Bloom originally auditioned for the role of Faramir. Not oh, in Fellowship it, of the Rings. He will debut in Two Towers. I feel like that's not fair, but go on. But I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting because he auditioned for Faramir. Obviously, he didn't get it. But they called him like, hey, you'd be much better for this role. You know, the more consequential big role. And apparently, he accepted the role two days before he graduated from uh, performance school. Wow. So he wasn't even like done with school before he like accepted this huge role that everybody was probably making fun of him. Have fun being an elf <laughs> loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See how that works out I'm for go you. Do shampoo commercials. Might as well be a pirate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Davy Jones is locker. Uh, okay. So, so, so one, nothing Andy. Okay. Uh-huh. Number three, which actor was offered $10 million to play Gandalf, but reportedly turned it down for not quote, understanding the story. $10 million to play Gandalf. Who would be a good Gandalf that they would reach out for? And let me just say, Can you give us a hint. It doesn't necessarily mean they would be a good Gandalf. He was just a major star. At the time, an elderly man who was a star in the early aughts, but wouldn't be very good. So well, it's technically not, it would be like the mid nineties when they started filming. It's, it's not like Anthony Hopkins or Can you give us a hint? Uh, we have actually mentioned him in this podcast, in the podcast, in, in this in episode, this in this show. He's, his name has been dropped already. Why would his name be dropped? I'm very curious now. Hold on. You actually were the one who dropped it. Really? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I was? Yeah. Okay. That's a big hint. Why would I have mentioned someone who wasn't in this movie? <gasps> Chris. Chris. Sean Connery. Oh, okay. that is correct. Sean Connery was offered the role of Gandalf, which can you fucking imagine? <laughs> is that the one I said? Did yeah, I say well, Sean Connery I, as Gandalf? I was doing a Gimli impersonation, and you oh, said, like, oh, Gimli. Sean Connery is Gimli there. Yeah, and you were like, oh, no, ruin the trivia. <laughs> but can you imagine, like, you shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> Fool of a fucking took. <laughs> anyway. Is it secret? <laughs> is it safe? <laughs> Just can't you fucking imagine? That'd be amazing. Oh How, like, can you say old Toby, find a sweet in the South Farthing? Uh Old Toby. <laughs> Finest weed in the South Farley. It's like too similar. Like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, my tits are back. <laughs> I'll take the rapist. <laughs> it's the therapist. <laughs> I'll take the penis mightier. That's the penis mightier, Sean. Dust it up however you want. What matters is, does it work? 
Uh, okay, so we're one to one. We're tied. Okay. Number four. Which movie actor voiced Frodo Baggins in the 1981 BBC adaptation of The Lord of the Rings? So it is an actor in this movie who voiced Frodo Baggins in the 1981 BBC adaptation Chris. of The Lord of the Rings. Chris. Ian Holmes. Chris pulls ahead. It was Ian Holmes. That's it would have been my guess. Would have, uh, would, it, would it have been? <laughs> I, I was trying to think of his name. Ash weird. from Alien. <laughs> right. All right, our last question. Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is our last question. Andy, you can tie it. All right. And, you know, this. if you guys tie it, it's like kissing your sister. <laughs> um, nice. What musician slash comedian cameos uh, as the elf... The internet, or I'm sorry, I'm reading this completely wrong. My bad. What musician slash comedian cameos in this film as an elf to which the internet dubbed, quote, figwit, which means Frodo is great. Who is that? Figwit. It is a cameo as an elf, a background character played by a popular musician slash comedian. Which movie? This movie. Okay. He's, Chris. Also, he's actually in this movie and I think in Return of the King as well. Yes. Weird Al. <laughs> I, he is a musician slash comedian. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Um, I feel like Weird Al would have fucking stood out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Frodo, what you doing wearing the ring? <laughs> oh, God, I have no idea. Actually, uh, I feel like Andy would have been the only one who could have guessed this now that I'm thinking about it. Musician slash comedian. Yep. Um, more musician or more comedian? Do they use music in as their comedy? It's a musician comedian, yeah. Comedy musician. So like a Bo Burnham, but it's not Bo Burnham. There's your hint. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, oh, shit. I can't think of any music comedians other than Bo Burnham. Would you like another hint? Yeah. Uh, they're from New Zealand because this movie is filmed in New Zealand. Oh, Jermaine Clement? It's the other one. It's Brett McKenzie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but yes, the other half of Flight of the Concords, Brett McKenzie, also known for writing all the songs in the Muppet movies recently. Uh, but yeah, Brett plays Figwit, apparently is what the internet calls him. And apparently they loved him so much in this movie that Peter Jackson brought him back for Return of the King and he actually gave him two lines in Return of the King. So Nice. There you go. So none of the trivia that I planned on talking about was in your trivia game. So I want to go back a little bit. Let's do There's it. some big nerd stuff that is just like legendary status at this point. That's what this trivia behind the scenes was about. So when Sam jumps in the boat or jumps at the boat, he gets in the river and he's running toward Frodo. I believe this is where he famously sliced the fuck out of his foot on some glass that was in there. I think that was when they were running to the, uh, the ferry. And I think it was Pippin that cut his foot. Oh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't know, but yes, one of them cut the fuck out of their foot. Dude, a lot of people, a lot of the cast members got injured as fuck filming this movie. Like right. uh, Orlando Bloom, I think, broke a rib at one point. Oh, Jesus. Um, I know Aragorn got really hurt, for sure. Yes. Yeah, Sean Astin cuts his foot. Was it Sean Astin? Mm-hmm. And I think it's in that scene. You can shorten this on the edit. Yeah, it's it's that scene. Um, and we can actually watch the YouTube video, but yeah. So as he's chasing for after Frodo, said so I guess the whoever's job it is on a huge set of I guess to clear it of objects like that. There was some glass in that river. I mean, it's not a small cut. I mean, it's a huge piece of glass stuck in his foot through the prosthetic foot that he wears too. Ooh. It would have been terrible if he wasn't wearing that. Um, the other one is more of a myth, and I'm not sure how true it is. But during the fight with Lurtz, the Uruk High, and Aragorn, 
I got a little scared when you were talking about, it. I was like, Oh no, is he going to spill those beans? <laughs> um, there's a scene, uh, a part of that fight where he pulls a knife out of his leg that was, he was stabbed with by Aragorn and he throws it at Aragorn and rumor has it legend has it that it was supposed to be edited later to stick in the tree behind Aragorn. But the stunt double with his adrenaline that high dressed as Lurtz accidentally threw it right at Vigo Mortensen and Vigo Mortensen Mortensen blocked it with his sword reflexively because it was going to hit him. And that's what ends and they the used cut. that take wow. for that fight. scene. That's a great take. Pretty fucking awesome. So when yeah. I was watching it, I was like, God, that looks like he just was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, that's badass. <laughs> that's Thank kinda, God I didn't hit you. That's you're, fired. Similar, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're fired. Buddy. <laughs> that's kind of similar to that scene uh, with Gandalf in the, uh, in Bilbo's house where he turns and like bangs his head on the, was that uh, not real? That, uh, that was not scripted. Really? So Ian McKellen actually accidentally bopped his head and Peter Jackson was uh, quoted as saying he was impressed that he acted through it. Yeah. Ooh. And so they kept Ooh. that taken there. Oh, <laughs> you mentioned Sean Connery. <laughs> Jesus fucking <laughs> God damn it. I thought I worked with professionals here. <laughs> Got these really tiny buildings. I don't understand. <laughs> you can only be one. So am I a spy? <laughs> no, you're a wizard. <laughs> a special type of spy. <laughs> How many people do I fuck? <laughs> do I fuck these hobbits? Yes, I, I will. <laughs> Why do I hang out with them? <laughs> if I'm not fucking <laughs> oh, I'll fuck anything. <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm goddamn James Bond. <laughs> So that I turned down the Matrix too. I don't understand popular IP. <laughs> I don't need it. Oh, well, that ends our coverage of Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition. Yay. Gifted to you all. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to email us at streamingthingspod at gmo.com. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash streaming things. Well, yeah. Do Follow it. us on Twitter. Twitter.com slash streamthingpod. It's everything else is taken <laughs> that's all we got time for this week my name is Chris I'm Andy and I'm Steve happy streaming kick I'm Frodo and my flow code I look hella young but I'm so old Uncle Bilbo yeah he killed trolls my best friend Sam no homo I'm strapped with sting I got the ring bling bling Aragorn King got big feet and you know what that means it's Lord of the Rings with streaming things